Hello, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hoff, and this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, apparently after several months. Mm -hmm. uh, But not for a lack of trying. No, we certainly tried, but not very hard. Yes. And talk about horror movies. Correct. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm doing okay. What about yourself, Keegan? I'm pretty good. Well, hello, everybody out there in Ghoul Squad land. Hope you're doing well. Hope this episode finds you okay. I'm just going to say right off the bat, this is our top 10 of 2022. Yeah, and uh, we're making it January 30th. So we're Yes. Not, so we're not too far off the bat here. We'll see when I get this edited. <laughs> but oh, good point. Good no, point. but you're right. It's January 30th, uh, and we were going to do this quicker, but uh, number one, well, first of all, I wanted to say hello. And also that I had a joke, like I was driving around at work today and I was thinking like, basically we just need like a segment called, here's our excuses why we didn't record. Right. Re- recording excuses. Recording excuses. And so I know it's a running bit on this show. Uh, part of the reason we didn't record is like the holidays and being busy. True. Like I like seriously thought Thanksgiving and Christmas were like one long holiday. Mm. Like with my work schedule, I'm like, I work eight days and I'm off six days. So I felt like once Thanksgiving ended, it was Christmas like the week later. I get, it just felt like one long holiday. Eric, what about you? Uh, I got my ass handed to me uh, in December just because my job is tough. Oh, that's right. And that's probably why you weren't like inquiring because you were so fucking exhausted, right? It was a bummer. I would work for at least 12 hours a day, get something to eat, watch maybe an hour of television with my mom, and then just go to bed and do it all over again. Yeah, and Eric works for the United States Postal Federal Reserve. Yeah, Federal Reserve. That's there right. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> a little throwback. I, 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 <laughs> a little throwback, Dad. got to come up with your jokes, Doc. Yeah, thank you, Doc. Yep. Uh, and then the other thing was we were going to record like two weeks ago, and then I got like a cold, and that cold turned into like a sinus infection or something. And then I stubbed my toe. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> and then, and then I, my record. car broke down, yep. and then we got old, and we got fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, anyways... Seriously, though, I was like sick for like a week. But anyways, I'm better now, sort yeah. of. And then there was another day we were going to try to record, but we we each got like held up at work. Yep. I got held up physically like with a gun. Yep. Just kidding. Uh, he had $12 on him in his wallet. That's right. I actually had $6.66. Ooh, there you go. But I'm chewing on a cough drop right now. Yep. So he's just smacking <laughs> yeah. it. Here, you want to hear it? There you go. And the reason I'm doing that is my throat is still messed up from being... Sick. <sighs> sick or whatever so that has been addressed i will not chew on this cough drop the entire episode hello everybody in ghoul squad land we're happy to be back right eric yeah um uh, I, I guess i'd like to give a a fair warning okay um every time we do these lists anytime we do an episode i always try to do my research i always try to watch the films rewatch the films that we're going to discuss and this time and that's no different from our end of the year list i always try to catch stuff that i missed or i always try to rewatch the films that i did see to make sure i still feel strongly or not as strongly about them and this uh this time around i didn't give a fuck nah I was like, I ain't got no <laughs> okay, I, I got no fucking time to be rewatching shit and, and watching shit. You, so 
I got a list that I'm pretty confident, but what I'm saying is I didn't try to go back and reevaluate these films. Some of them I did rewatch. Other times I just seen one time, and now it's on the fucking list. You know, Eric, I'm with you. This continues the excuses segment, but I feel like that as well. Like I feel like I shortchanged Barbarian this year. Mm. Like I really liked Barbarian, but I only saw it once in a theater. Mm. It was so dark I could barely see it. Right. I liked it. Spoilers, Barbarian made my list. But I feel like it should be higher, but like it didn't, I thought it was, you, in, you, you didn't give it the attention you felt it deserved. Yeah. Right, like I yeah. thought it was incredible. So it's not, it has nothing to do with the movie, but for whatever reason, it didn't feel like personal to me. Mm. Like some of my number one, two, three are like personally incredible to me, mm-hmm. but Barbarian, I just thought was an incredible movie, which I guess we'll get to later. Okay. But, um, I feel like I shortchanged it. Like if I would have rewatched it or how about if there was a physical fucking release of that movie? I hear you. That would have helped. Like I could have held it in my hand. I could have taken a picture of it. I could have touched it gingerly and and tenderly. Uh, But enough about that. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, here we go. We're also, here's one other thing that we'll get out of the way. We saw a lot of movies between now and the last episode. So we're just going to kind of run down some shit in our, what we've been watching because we don't want to get too bogged down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, we don't want to get bogged down. You don't want to get bogged down. Let's keep this a bogged down free episode. That's correct, Eric. And what am I going to do first? I'm going to bog, bog us the fuck down. Dog. That's correct. Um, no, I wanted to quickly mention. So this is the cough drop. <laughs> this is Kiki's <laughs> cough drop episode. Dog. Um, no, so I want to quickly just recap that on our last episode of the podcast. Which was our Halloween ends episode. Yeah. I mentioned that I was going to the What We Were Young Festival. It was that oh, long when? ago we recorded? Yes, Eric. God damn, you don't even remember the name of the festival. When we were young, <laughs> excuse me. This was it. This cough drop is like fucking my this like whole cough brain. Drop up. Is the longest running cough drop in the world. I think it has uh cyanide in it. I think it's got lozenger powers. In it's it. got lozenges, Eric. I went to when we were young festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. It, everybody like before this happened said it was like a scam. It wasn't. I had a fucking great time. It was a blast. On that episode, I was like, let's hope it happens. Let's hope that it goes well. And it went like better than I expected. Like I thought I was going to be all the way in the back of like all the people for like the big bands like My Chemical Romance. And uh, me, my brother and his wife, Sabra, shout out. We found a loophole where if you get into the front of the stage area, if you just wait in this line, you can get like right in front of the festival stage. But if you leave, you have to wait in this giant line again. So we just bit the bullet early and got in there and never left. Mm. So we watched the entire like end of the festival directly in front of the stage. And it was kind of weird because there was like people miles back from us. But we got into this like area, basically like a GA pit area. And it was incredible. I stood right in front of AFI, Taking Back Sunday, Paramore, My Chemical Romance. I stood right in front of Seosin with Anthony Green. It was amazing, Doc. Who was your, if you had to just pick one favorite band that you saw who did it for i hate to say this because it sounds typical but my chemical romance damn you know two two times in a year they've been gone for a long time i love them i you know grew up listening to them in like oh four when i was a young boy eric's father well i guess not my father well not my father either damn dog now you're just killing (laughs) the vibe Okay, you saw My Chemical <laughs> yeah. Romance. You, you enjoyed them. So um, I would say them. And then, you know, I've seen Taken Back Sunday probably like 10 times. Mm. And I don't say that to sound cool. It's probably not cool. But um, 
I saw uh, they were probably the second best just because their show and the crowd was fun. But I will say quickly here, another example of like weird pandemic crowds. I feel like people don't know how to be in like large crowds still. Like everyone, like it, there was very few pits and the ones that existed, some people looked upset that you they were being touched. Gotcha. It's like you're at a giant music festival. So it was a little bit weird, but I took my vitamin C and I didn't get sick. I hate like I'll be like standing in line at like Walmart and motherfuckers are just right behind me. But that's Carlsbad. It's like do you don't you don't understand like personal space? I'm walking here. Yeah. And with that blows me away. The one we ever young festival went very well. And I wanted to update that because on our last episode I had said I was going and I was excited. Kiki's just a traveler. You went to uh Halloween horror nights. Yep. You went to the fucking when we were young festival? Yep. Uh, I got a cruise. I went, to, I went to the fucking Allen Theater and fell asleep <laughs> during Megan. Yeah, yes, that's what I did this year, now. So with that, Eric, do you have any recap from no, your? No, I got no fucking goddamn recap. How I wanted to ask you, and you already kind of mentioned it. How was your fucking holiday rush at the USPS? It was hard and terrible, and every day I wanted to quit. I and, was gonna say, did you almost quit? And at least twice I called my mom, and I was like, "This is it. I'm done. I've been there." And my mom was like, "Don't do it." You know, like. I'm still employed because of my mom. Yeah. Well, she talked me off the ledge. Shout out to her. Yeah. But I mean, I was just fucking, I was ready to quit, dah. Yeah. I think I saw one of your tweets and you sounded down in it. I saw you say something and you sounded down and I felt bad for you. I was like, fuck, man. I know he's fucked right now and I know how that feels. So sorry, dah. Well, but it's over can, now, so I'm good for the next, you know, 10 months. And has it gotten better after the rush? It's It's gotten lighter. Mel is still fucking heavy. Yeah. But I mean, not. Peak season heavy. Uh, I got motherfuckers on my route, dog. They get something every day. And like, I love I, Amazon I, I too. But every day? So here's the problem, Mary. Every goddamn day I have to go to your goddamn to this door? Day. And here's my thing. Another thing. Here, another complaint. This just turned into E-Dog's do they mail pay, delivery do, do they complaint. pay you well? Eh. Eh, well. Um, what are you going to do? You ordered it, right? So you must want it. Take it out of your fucking mailbox. I think that all the time. The problem is, Eric, and I'm afraid to tell you this because I'm one of those people. I have Amazon like auto orders. Yep. And I'm sorry, but like I I auto order 24 packs of Monster Ugh. from Amazon. And it's a great deal. Glad you don't live on my route. Dog. And I'm sorry, Doc. I will say they park right up against the lockers uh-huh. and they literally take them out and put it in the locker right next to it. So it can't be that bad. It fits. That's a good thing. It does fit in the locker. Yeah. But then there's the asshole that just ordered, uh, no exaggeration, like a set of fucking uh, dumbbells. dumbbells. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be for the apartment upstairs or something. Yep. yep. You know? So it's just shit like that. We got to pay. There's got to be a way to like, nah, fuck you guys. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I want my free shipping and I want it now. I hear you. And with that, Eric, so you survived. I survived. You don't look like it. No, actually, you look pretty good. You got your yeah, hair got slicked my, back. I got my hair cut. Yeah, you look I've adorable. I've been shaving. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot you, about that. You haven't that. called me the C word. Not not the one you're thinking. Not cunt. But there's another C word that Keegan likes to call me. And as soon as he does, I fucking shave right away. I guess that's just an inside <laughs> joke now. It's coarse. The The word is coarse. Yeah, you look a little coarse. Yes, that's correct. So uh, shout out to those out there. Yeah, um, yeah so you made it. We're alive. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a crazy end of the year. Like, I feel like I was just busy as fuck. Shit was going crazy. I guess we should get to horror movies, Eric. 
I sleep like nine hours now on my days Do off. Do you really? Yeah. Well, how's that's, that going? That's nice. You take melatonin? I don't. Wow. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have to use? No, I don't mind. have to, but I take it. Okay. Okay. I abuse it. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> my vitamin C and my melatonin, those are my vices. Gotcha. I'm with you. And with that, Eric, I we have nothing else. Let's get you think we should get to what we've been watching? I think we should get to what we've been watching. Well, we love you everyone. Thank you for 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 holding out, waiting for our next episode. I feel like we may have I have a quick joke before we get to it. I love jokes. I was driving around, I thought, you know, I feel like we killed the podcast with this last pause. But I guess we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we've gone longer, haven't we? We have, but there's been no chatter, and it's our fault. You know what? I feel it's like, our fault. Though. I feel like neither of us have even posted like a picture of a blue on our Instagram. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of blues, to be honest. Uh. I watched a film recently on Peacock that we should talk about next. Okay. Thank you guys for sticking with us. I love you. Uh, I feel like I killed the podcast by waiting too long. And with that humble note, let's get to what we've been watching. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, Eric. Yes. You think we should just kick this off with sick? Let's kick it off with sick. Yeah, we don't, again, as we said, uh, we're in our What We've Been Watching segment. This was a new home invasion film from Kevin Williamson. Yes. Kevin Williamson's new slasher. Kevin Williamson, of course. Uh,. We know him from the horror genre for writing Scream 1, 2, and 4. Um, Sick follows a couple girls. This is the start of the pandemic in 2020. This is supposed to be, I guess, April 2020. And that's perhaps the scariest part of the movie. Um, And it's about these two girls. They're going to college. They're going to quarantine alone. Uh, One of their families owns a, I guess it's like a beach house. Uh, But when they get there, they soon learn (laughs) that they are not alone. I saw someone complaining about this film because they're wearing masks at the start of the film. And what's the problem? People weren't wearing masks yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, um, they might have been in California. They might have been in California. I don't know where they're at in the film. I don't know where they're at either in the film. Yeah. But uh, let's talk sick. That's that's the setup. That's the premise. Yeah. I I thought sick was really cool. Uh, I heard I heard a great comment that I feel like will help us kick this off. Okay. Uh, Elric Kane. From the uh, shock, no, not shockwaves. From the Colors of the Dark podcast, from the Pure Cinema podcast. There you go, PCP, homie. Go. So no, he said uh, PCP is Pure Cinema podcast. Anyways, uh, he had a great comment. I want to credit him, so I'm not trying to take it. I feel like if this film had like an iconic mask, oh, it would have elevated it a lot. And I was like, man, that's a perfect critique. Because what would you say? It's just like a ski mask that the killer. Is wearing yeah, and ultimately I think it's part of the point because they're kind of wearing like um, face masks. They're really wearing like 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 gaiters, like a neck gaiter, right? 
Um, and I think it's not the, as much as the poster would lead you to believe the poster. Right. It's like they're wearing a legit mask that you would wear for, to keep from getting sick. Yeah. And I think in the film, they're literally wearing like a net gator. Right. And you know, it was just really fun. I was impressed with how high energy it was. The chase scenes. Anytime somebody was trying to fight off the killer, it was just real kinetic. The camera work was just right in the struggle with these characters. I was just going to say the the uh, set pieces I felt like were really, really yeah. well directed. Um, I feel like the, the, the standout for me was like this. Like it's basically a raft like on the water. Oh, yeah. And the killer is it's in the underwater. Water, and yeah. he's shoving the knife up in like the, the crevices of the raft or whatever right, it is yeah. like the floating thing. Um, I thought that had like a lot of energy, just like you said. Mm-hmm. I like that there was a character <laughs> named Jason. I like that there was a character named Pamela. We, yeah. It wasn't like a ton of horror movie references, but that was, I appreciated a little shit like that. Ultimately I felt a little underwhelmed and the same here. It was how it tied into COVID. I'm glad that it tied into COVID but I kind of didn't give a fuck how they tied it into COVID. What did you think? Yeah, and I feel like uh, if you've seen the film, you know that the ending does tie into COVID. And I feel like it was a little like mixed messaging a little bit because it was kind of... Okay. And I know that like, you know, films don't always have to be a little bit of slut shaming too. That and then a little bit of like uh, COVID, uh, people that were afraid of COVID early shaming. Right. And I thought that was odd. Now... Is it a slasher film that's maybe sending up just the entire paranoia of the pandemic? Sure. Maybe. So I definitely don't want to say like it was like a statement on people that were too cautious, you know, early on. But um, I felt a little, that's why I'm saying mixed messaging. Like I was like, oh, cool. And then they explain, you know, the the motive is explained and you're sort of like, "Uh, are they trying to say we shouldn't be careful? Like, right. Uh, because our characters ultimately weren't, you know, I mean, I don't, I, we've spoiled too much, but ultimately I'm not sure if I want COVID entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like in a few years, this will be cool. Like, yeah. I feel like if we had more distance from the from pandemic, COVID. yeah, but it was a little too close to home. Like the first shots are, are the guy in the supermarket. Right. And, and everything is out of stock. Yes. Right. And they're walking around and there's arrows on the ground pointing you which ways to go. And, and, you know, someone coughs and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I hope they're not sick, you know? Right. Uh, obviously, now it feels a little comical. Not, not you know, not the pandemic, but just, you know, it's like fun to laugh at. But like at that time, we didn't know shit. Right. It was and terrible. It, I was going to say, and it was fucking scary. Right. So, yeah, I agree it's a little too close to home. But the set pieces, I feel like tied it in for me. A ton of energy. Yeah. And the the final girls, the two girls that are in the movie, I thought they were just likable and good. Like, I thought they, they brought like a likability to the situation. But yeah, ultimately it was just okay. I, I dug it. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. That's, same here. That's sick. On Peacock. Ava- available to stream on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, what do you want to talk next? Megan? I know you didn't see it. Uh, I tried. I fell asleep. You can talk it if you want. I don't have much to say about Megan. Everybody knows what Megan is. True. I feel like I liked it less than everyone else, but I did have a, bl- it was a lot of fun. Mm. It's a fun fucking movie to watch. You know, Megan is iconic looking. And so that kind of, you know, it kind of shows you how good like an iconography or a look can Take really, you. yeah, can really sell a movie because like, I mean, Scream is also well written, but if it didn't have that ghost face mask, you know, remember there's like the original I mean, mask. I feel like I was complaining about this a while ago and I feel like you didn't agree with me. One of my complaints was I wish the mask in uh, the final girls was cooler looking. 
Yeah. I, I mean, that would, that would have made that movie have, so much more better for me. I couldn't say if I disagreed or not. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, like, I think even something as simple as uh, Hush, that mask, yeah. would have worked better uh, in, sorry, we're kind of going back, but that would have worked better in Sick than just no mask. But that was right. also, again, part of the point was to be, the film was about COVID. Right. So, anyways. I, I like masked slasher stuff. Me too. That's that's what I'm getting at. That's why we like Hush. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Megan... Also a home invasion, though. I think it hurt hairs here. It hurt Megan knowing that Megan was originally an an R rated -rated film, film. yeah. And then watching it, seeing how tame it was, uh, I felt like that. Like I wanted Megan to just go crazy and annihilate people. Like I had heard it had like malignant energy. Mm. You know, the James Wan film, Malignant, and then to see it and it not also have that violence, I was sort of disappointed, but. You know, again, expectations are not the film's fault. So I just thought the film was fun. It was a lot of fun. And they they cut it to PG-13 just because it was gaining so much popularity. And obviously that was the right call because fuck, now it's a giant movie. Right, right. But I just thought it was fun. Like, I feel like I need to, like, have a better discourse, like, in my own vocabulary for, like, films that are just roller coaster fun. But, like, I did not think this was high art. I don't think it was ultimately that great of a film, but it was fun as hell. Like okay. I had a blast watching it and anyone should see Megan. It's fun. Now the hard hitting questions from E-Dog. Okay. Okay. This is E-Dog reporting from Channel Ghoul Squad. Which film did you like more, the Chucky remake or Megan? Uh, I think Megan. Okay. Uh, although the Chucky remake has that violence, I feel like it was... I don't know. Just fuck that movie, Child's Play. You, you've all, you've been real against the Child's Play I remake. did not like that movie. And maybe I should give it a second chance. No. <laughs> I, I did not like it. No, you don't need to rewatch that um, film. I feel like there was like a way more interesting way to make that movie. And instead it was just like AI, but not saying anything about AI. Mm. Where I feel like at least Megan broached that. Where it was like, it was also like parents' dependence on like technology sure. and iPads and babysitting their children. Those things, while I don't think are like the most mature, they're not handled like super intellectually, I don't feel like, but as a caricature, as a fun, like, you know, meditation on AI and our dependence on technology, especially raising a child, it was fun. Gotcha. So I feel like I, I summed that up better than I was expecting to. Was it was just good. a fun fucking roller coaster movie. Ultimately, not, I didn't love it. Like every, I feel like people are like loving it. I was like, yeah, it was cool. That was fun. I hope to get to it soon. I mean, now that it's available at home. Yeah. And uh, who put that out? Universal? Universal Blumhouse. That was, correct me if I'm wrong. This is like the first Blumhouse and Atomic Monster merger film. Yes. And so that's got, exciting. So we got some more of those coming, huh? Yeah. And we love James Wan, but I feel like the film got cut to like make it more fun. And it's the dude that did Housebound. Yes, and Housebound's fucking incredible. Housebound, that, that's a film we can recommend to you guys. For sure. sure. A fun haunted house film. So Eric, give me something you've watched that maybe sure. I haven't. Sure, I recently watched a documentary on Tubi called Uh-oh. In Search of All-American Massacre. Have you heard of this? No. So I'd never heard of this either up until a few weeks ago. Um, In Search of All-American Massacre is a documentary film about uh, Toby Hooper's son... William Tony Hooper, he shot a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 spinoff film called All-American Massacre. I have heard of this, but I didn't remember the title. 
in the film, it serves as both a sequel and a prequel where Bill Mosley reprises his role as Chop Top. Yes. Uh, in the film, uh, Chop Top is aged. He's been rotting away in a cell, and his plate in his head is much bigger because he's been picking at it. Um, but then I guess there's also scenes where it's prior to the events of part one, and they got someone else to play uh, Chop Top for um, that part. The Hitchhiker? Um, well, if you remember, Chop Top and the Hitchhiker are brothers. Right. Chop Top That's is correct. just available. He's just in Nam during part one. <laughs> of course, yeah. Excuse me, Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry for forgetting that. So the mythology. So watching this, the people they interview, it's just like bullshit. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the, the 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 level of. I mean, I don't. I I'd never heard of this until this documentary. But they just seem so unknowledgeable. Like they're just like, um, like they're just like discussing rumors as to why the film never came out. Right. For an hour and a half. Well, it's only seventy minutes. Eventually, the film does take an interesting uh, turn. And how did things take a turn, Eric? Uh, well, for starters, only one person is willing to go like on the record. Like they reach out to the filmmakers. They reach out, you know, to the actors that that made this film. And only the guy who played Grandpa is willing to talk. And you know, and this is over twenty years ago. I was now. gonna say, and he was fucked up in that movie. Well, here's here's the premise. This was Grandpa. I shouldn't say he, fucked up, but he was aging. Here, so this grandpa in All American Massacre is like young, ish. He's grandpa, but he's young, right? And but he's like lit. He's he's I, I get the impression he's he was going to be a lot more agile, right? <laughs> and so he, this motherfucker, this guy who played grandpa, he has a fucking photo book of pictures that he took while he's on the set. And one day, Toby Hooper just showed up to the set of All American Massacre. And he's got pictures with him. Like, he's in the grandpa fucking makeup, and Toby Hooper has his arm around him. And this guy's talking about how, uh, you know, he was asking Toby, how should he play grandpa? So that was interesting, because, like, finally there was, like, some validity into what these motherfuckers were saying about this project. Right. Um, And then uh, there was a producer who worked on the film. He passed He's passed away now, but before he passed away, uh, I guess he had a storage locker for whatever reason he didn't keep, right? So the people that own the storage locker, they decide to, you know, sell the contents of it, you know? And in this fucking storage locker, doll are just reels after reels labeled All-American <laughs> Massacre, right? Yeah. Okay. So, the, so whoever fucking buys that storage locker puts all those reels up on fucking eBay and somebody fucking buys them. So the filmmakers of this documentary going through archival posts, find that and they reach out to that guy and they're like, Hey, do you know who you sold all of these film reels to? And he doesn't, but he's like, I have a lot more reels from this storage container. So the filmmakers of this documentary buy them, hoping that they're going to find all right. American massacre shit. They don't. What do they find? They find a snuff film. No, so, so it turns out like this producer worked on like a ton of fucking stuff. And like one of the things he worked on was Tells from the Crypt. And they're like going through these film reels. And that's what it is. I got it's, you. It's from Tells from the Crypt. So ultimately this movie's like never going to fucking come out. You know, this was over fucking 20 years ago. It was, it was filmed in 99. It was supposed to come out on Halloween of 2000. 
And but there's somebody out there that just owns the fucking rails wow. to. I wonder if the, the documentary Texas Chainsaw Massacre two spinoff. I wonder if it'll spur like people coming out, right? Like the whoever has the reels or whatever. And you know what I thought was interesting was like they're talking about how like all these diehard TCM fans don't know what the fuck this is, right? And it's true. I didn't know. I'm not claiming to be some hardcore TCM fan, but I like I like to at least think this was something I'd be aware of. But it wasn't until I saw this documentary. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like that flesh eater thing. What's the flesh eater thing? That thing that you you watched it, where it was like supposedly like a pseudo prequel or whatever to or a sequel to the Night of the Living Dead, and it was like the original zombie from Night of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, Bill Heinzman. Yeah, it was just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what this sounds like. You know what? You're not wrong. It, I mean, it, it, the chances of this just being bullshit is 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 high. You said it was just bullshit, but I mean, but I mean, think about it. Like that's kind of like what we're into now. We're into bullshit. Yeah, but the older I get, the less time I have for like bullshit. I, you know what? I'm not gonna argue with you on that because I feel the same way. But it's like, like I'm not. We well, like I'm, TCM I'm not, four, don't we? And that's bullshit. I'm not buying like Jack Frost two. Sure. Like Electric sure. Boogaloo and watching that. I'm just saying, if all of a sudden some motherfucker comes out and like, hey, I got the film reels, and Scream Factory's like, oh, we're finally putting this out, you're fucking buying it, aren't probably, you? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I mean, we, if it's we like a good scandal. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, was, that was in search of All American Massacre. Interesting. On Tubi. On Tubi. Big yeah. Tubi guy. 70 minutes counting commercials for Tide Pods. Perfect, though. Yeah. What else? Should I go next? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just say the menu. Did you see the menu? I didn't see the menu. You didn't? I did not. I, I feel like everyone's discovered it since it's been to HBO Max, and everyone's like, the menu fucking rules. Yeah, the menu does rule. It's, it, you know, I wanted, it. it's not going to make my list, I, but it did come out last year. You saw it in the theater. Yeah, because it came to Carlsbad. Why the fuck didn't you see it? Uh, I got I got no excuses. No. Okay. And it was prior to December, because I remember we went to go see Bones and All. And uh, I remember we were talking about the poster when we were waiting outside the Apex Cinema in Roswell, yeah. New Mexico. And we'll get, oh, we'll fuck, get I'm sorry, we'll get my... the bones and all. Uh, the menu, yeah. Oh, okay. This is the Anya Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt, uh, Ralph Fiennes uh, film about you know. I don't think I need to say what the menu is. A chef on a private island does like this really expensive dinner that rich people pay for this experience to go and eat dinner and. Anya Taylor-Joy attends it with Nicholas Holt, and they find out that they are biting off more than they can chew, Eric. Damn. Um, and so, Well said. Yeah, and so, you know, honestly, and I hate to sound like a fucking asshole. That sounds fun. I didn't even know that's what it was about. It, it's, it's super well-written. Like, mm. it is one of the best-written movies of the year. And, you know, I can't, you know, I can't take out the fact that I enjoy watching Anya Taylor-Joy act. Like, she's a great actress. You. She has a great voice. And I like watching Annie Taylor-Joy. So she made this a delight. It's so fucking well-written. Mm. And, yeah. I mean, I won't... I guess there's not a whole lot more to say because the premise is good like that. You should see what happens. You know, I don't want to spoil the film. But I really like the menu. I will say it's not very horror. Like, it's a horror film. But, like, this I thought about putting on my list because of how well-written and made it is. Like, mm. it's a very solid, solid movie. Like, this is a much better movie than Megan, for instance. Okay. Not as fun. You know, Megan's fucking bonkers. But um, but it's not that horror. 
It, there's horror. That's what Dana was telling me. Yeah. That he didn't feel that it was should fall into the horror category. So I felt Which, like... Could you just uh, easily sum it up as thriller? Yeah. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Um, what I will say, and that, that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's not going to make my list, but it's a great honorable mention for people that like, you know, horror light. This is a... It's great. It's great. It's just not very much horror. Based on what you're saying, I feel like this is something I should watch with my mom. You, d- She would like it. It's, yeah. it's great. It, I mean, it's the, the more I look back on it, I'm like, there's not a single thing wrong with the menu. I just wish there was more horror, but that's not the movie's fault. You know, right. it's really good and well-written. So definitely a recommend from Kigi. Solid. Eric, what do you want to do next? Ooh, I got a, I got a new one. Uh, this came out uh, this month. Uh, this is called The Price We Pay, uh, directed by the man who made Downrange. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I heard that he had a new genre film coming out, I was like, fuck yeah. You so know? I've heard the title. Don't know anything about it. Okay. Eric, I didn't know it was the guy that did Downrange. Yeah. Downrange. You told me. You're like, you need to watch Downrange. Yeah. Downrange blew me the fuck away. Downrange is fucking great. Bro. I think, I, dude, I went to my brothers and you know his wife and I'm like, we're, we're going to watch this. And they're like, what is it? I was like, I don't want to <laughs> fucking tell you. Like, it's so, Downrange is incredible. So Eric. Yes. How was the follow-up to Downrange? Okay, so uh, to sum up the price we pay... Uh, was it anywhere near as good? No. Fuck, fuck no. Da. Fuck no. Fuck da. No, unfortunately. I, but I plunkered down the six ninety nine. Yep. And PVOD, I, as you I, always say. Yeah, and I rented it from the Microsoft store because it was a new film from the guy that made Downrange. Uh, this stars Stephen Dorff and um, Emil Hirsch. Uh, they rob a bank... Excuse me. They rob a pawn shop. And uh, it starts to go sideways, so they take a hostage, a woman who just so happens to be trying to pay off a debt at the pawn shop. Uh, They're trying to lay low, and they decide they're going to uh, do so at this, like, secluded farmhouse. Well, there's a crazy body harvesting family that lives there. Oops. There's the grandpa character. There's the Leatherface character. There's the... Little girl from part three TCM character. <laughs> okay. <nah. laughs> yeah. Um, and ultimately, it's not that cool. It's, uh, uh, I did not. Is it, at, is there anything intense in it? Because that was why I love Downrange, was its intensity. No, I found it quite tedious. Yeah, actually. Stop, yikes. Um, fortunately, towards the end, it starts getting a little nasty in terms of violence and gore, but I feel like. At my age, I just don't cut it anymore, Doc. Nah. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I mean, I mean, I'm with you. You want me to wait 70 minutes for this film to get good? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know, and the thing is, it's not that a film can't take that long and then get crazy, but it has to be really good and then get crazy. To right. Play. Yeah. Right, so right. you're saying it's not that good and then some shit happens. Um, if you're looking for a Stephen Dorff TCM film, good news. He already made a really good one with Alexander Bustillo and Julian Mori. Leatherface. Leatherface, yes. Yeah. So uh, I was just going to say, because you said Stephen Dorff, and I was like, is it? I was going to say, I was like, isn't he in Leatherface? Yeah, so uh, save your six ninety nine and just rewatch Leatherface. That everybody hates for no reason. Except for you and I. It's fucking great. Yeah. Dude, the Bustillo and Mori Leatherface is incredible. Just watch that. Personal favorite of mine. Yes, and that was... That was the price we pay. <clears throat> well, I feel like it's a good time for both of us to, again, we could just go quickly on Bones and All. Let's go Bones and All. It this comes out tomorrow on Blu-ray. Luca Guadagnino's. Good pronunciation. You like that? 
So one time, it, let's let's refer to him as Luca from now on. Okay, not Luca Doncic. I, 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 I'm gonna go with the guy who directed the Suspiria remake. Right. So Luca, uh, this is you know he's made films before this. Uh, Call me by your name. Correct. Also with Timothy Chalamet and a real cannibal. A, yes. Uh, what's his name though? Uh, uh, Army Hammer. Army Hammer. Okay. Yeah. The Lone Ranger himself. The Bones and All is a romantic cannibal <laughs> film. It is a uh, what's the term called where they travel. Like a road movie? Road movie. There yeah, you, you go. Like this, is, this is a romantic cannibal road film. Yeah. Two young cannibals who fall in love trying to survive in this world. And, this cruel, cruel and world. And we have, uh, so I think it's Taylor Russell. I think that's her name. Timothy Chalamet. And then there's another character. The, she's from uh, the, uh, what's what are those films called? I didn't mind the first one where it's like a game show and they're stuck. Oh, uh, Escape Room. Escape Plan, maybe? <laughs> I think that's a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, okay. Hey, it's right. called Escape Room, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was. The, they're like Saul Light. The first and then one the was next fun. one is called Tournament of Champions. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's what she's from. I think her name is Taylor Russell. She's okay. the standout. She is fucking incredible in this movie. Okay. Uh, so I'll just get into Bones and All. Okay. She's amazing. There's another character played by Mark Rylance. He's mm-hmm. an incredible actor. He's awesome in the movie. Mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, we joked about the whole time, is just dressed preposterously. But looks amazing looks the entire awesome. time. He has like the, his pants are so ripped. His legs are basically <laughs> he's basically naked, but he his they're barely hanging on. Right, he doesn't button up any of his t shirts. Yes, and the film constantly has both Taylor Russell and him with blood on their chins and shit from eating people. Mm-hmm. As Eric said, it's a Cannibal Road movie. And romantic, romantic. All I know is that I love you. Yes. Okay, bones and all. Yes, I dude, honestly, da. I fucking, Are you going to buy the blue? Because I am. I'm not because okay. it should be a 4K. Gotcha. I thought this, I think Bones and All is fucking amazing. Okay. I I, I loved watching it. Another spoiler. I, this is not going to be on my list. I know it's a cannibal film, but it didn't feel like, like that much of a horror movie. It doesn't. And that's okay. It doesn't. I think it's fucking incredible. And if you're... Go ahead, Eric. This is not my thought. I wish I could remember who who did say this, but I thought they really hit the nail on the head saying it's not quite enough for for genre enthusiasts and it's probably too much for your average film goer. But the way I could think of it was like my brother, uh, shout out, you know. Ben P, we we all saw it together. Yeah, and he, and and just so you know, he said he liked it. He said he liked it a lot. But he was like, "I, I wish more happened. And sure. I was kind of like, you know, I had to think. I was like, you know, but there's this is a different kind of film. There, There's indie films like this where it's more of a vibe and an atmosphere mm-hmm. and a hangout. And, and you know, this is, this is very much more like an indie film, you know, that's more, you know, wispy and you're looking at sunsets and thinking about life. And I drive an old beat up Chevys. And I love shit like that. Like even in indie film, not just horror. So this... I thought this was just a great film. Ultimately, not even going to be on my list because it's not that horror. But like Eric said, what is in there is crazy violent, but only a little bit. Hmm. You know, it's weird because I'm saying it's crazy violent, but only a little bit. Um, I, I feel like there was at least one moment where I was kind of like, well, damn. I know. And, and by the but f- I wanted more I think, dams. I think my expectation was definitely more for the violence because – knowing he did Suspiria and that mm-hmm. he has like an indie filmmaker mode and seeing those images of them, you know, with blood on their mouth and stuff. I was like, damn, this is going to get fucked up. Um, and it, and it, and it does. 
Eric, I think this might be a problem with you and me too. We're kind of desensitized. Sure. Like you said, I think you you made a great point. Like if if a per- <laughs> if a normal person watches Bones and all, it might be incredibly violent to them. Right. But it wasn't to me. No, it wasn't to us. Right. But I think it's amazing. Yeah. I I'm, want I want I'm, a four K. I, I felt lukewarm, but I'm ready to give it another chance. I, I already have the the blue pre ordered from Amazon. This is a film that I feel like got better the longer away from it I, that I saw it. I like it more and more the more I think about well, you it. You see, I think I'll enjoy it more. I think my attention was a little diverted because right before we went to, to watch it, we went to Dion's. Eric ate. I ate fucking a, sub- a sandwich as well as a, a slice of pizza with green chili and pepperoni. So I was just like, I'm going to have to shit sometime during this film. And, and my brother and I were like, dude, you're fucking crazy <laughs> for being out of town, sitting there eating green chili ranch, <laughs> a pizza, and a giant sub. Meatball sub, yeah. We're like, how the fuck are you going to function? Like, we're going to go see, and, and obviously it's a slow film. Right. It's like two and a half hours, and Eric's eating green chili ranch. Uh, I didn't and you have to shit. And you survived. And then we went to that weird fucking liquor store after. We went to that weird liquor store and, yeah. and Ben P got his spices. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, they're called seasonings. Oh, seasonings. Uh, Eric is talking about when we went to Roswell, <laughs> New Mexico, which is nearby. Uh, my brother had to stop by Tractor Supply, right? Was it Tractor Supply? Ace Hardware Supply. A- oh, thank you, Eric. Ace Hardware. And Supply, yeah. To get uh, seasonings. Special Traeger seasonings yeah, ben for, will like that yeah for that, his meat shout that we out. shot out his his spices for his meat he loves meat yep 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 he loves to baste it yeah i see his posts i wish on I, instagram okay uh, does he would, have a dedicated grilling instagram page i was implying he had a separate profile that we didn't know about it's a joke it's not funny follow him at like ben <laughs> peace i think it's been i think it's been it's peace like spices. Black bbq or something like that i think it's been peace spices duh we'll, <laughs> we'll link to it we'll link to it uh what's great about him doing all that is that i get to eat like free good, good meat. food yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i love good meat duh hell yeah i like good meat too hell yeah that's well, good it's i'm the glad price we, we pay at least we have something in common. Yep. And on that note, bones and all. Yep. It yeah. kind of tied in there with the meat and the barbecue and yeah. the bones and all. And yeah. A great hangout road movie atmosphere, bones and all. I loved it. But yeah. I think it's more of an indie film than a horror film. Okay. And with that, that was bones and all. And with that. You want to do Christmas, buddy Christmas? No, because it's on my list. <sighs> I thought. <laughs> okay, Eric. What I think the, we should get into the meat. Will you say, I think we should move on from this. I think we should move on from Thank this. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I, yeah, no. Uh, okay. Although I do have a terror tunes for us. Okay. Let's do one more thing. Okay. Because Eric's right. We have a big list coming. Let's talk one more thing. One more. The Last of Us on oh, HBO. Oh, shit. At this point in time, we've seen three episodes. Kiki's only seen two. Correct. And uh, I have not felt motivation for a show like this in a long time to I just I have to see it as soon as it airs. Yes. I, yeah. I'm just so excited by it right now. I I say this, I was going to watch it tonight, but Eric and I are recording instead. I had football on last night. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I like the footballs. Oh, shout out to uh my Pats that imploded and did not make the playoffs. Uh but yes. Uh The Last of Us. Fucking amazing. Um the first two episodes are like incredible. And honestly, I feel like my favorite part is like the opening of the first episode, which I'm not going to spoil any of it except the opening, which is literally the cold open, mm. which is when, so this is like a slight spoiler for the cold open of the show. 
It opens in 1968. And that guy is talking about like, he's like, well, you know, fungus isn't, you know, it's not dangerous now. But he's like, but if the earth were to get warmer for some reason, mm. you know, then it could survive. And then the host is like, uh, and, and what would happen then? And all he says is, then we lose. Mm. And uh, just so you know, that type of shit appeals to me on such a high level because I have such existential dread about the earth anyway. I mean, not just like, you know, the ice caps melting, stuff like that, but also people in general and just our, you know, and this show is playing into all that. Mm. Uh, reminds me a lot of Station Eleven from last year, which is fucking incredible. Was that also on HBO? Yep. Okay. And uh, I remember you made fun of me. You're like, Kigi loves a prestige HBO drama. This is true. And uh, this is directed, well, show run, not fully directed by, but uh, Craig Mazin. And uh, he did Chernobyl. Mm. And I talked about Chernobyl on this podcast. As Extensively. Similarly about the fears I have about you know, radiation poisoning and shit. Like, uh, this is just so fucking good. The reason I'm not talking about the show is we don't want to spoil it. Um, you know, I'm enthusiastic about it for having played the video games. Yeah. And it's just like a treat that it's also just really fucking good. Yeah. Like I'd like to think I'd be super into this, even if I had never played the games. Yeah. I think I have like an aversion to like, I think star Wars beat it out of me too, which is like the, I know that. Like, I kind of hate that now. Like, mm. the sort of Easter egg filmmaking that a lot of shit does, like The Mandalorian, for instance. Um, and so that's why, I like, while I love The Last of Us as well, I love the first game. Um, it's just so cool how expensive and how serious they made it. Yes. Like, that is like, that's like, you know, shoot me up, Johnny. Like, fucking push it into my veins. Right. Um, how dead fucking serious it is. Uh, I hate to be like the downtrodden asshole, but I am. I mm. fucking love dead serious shit. Uh, and they're treating it that way. Right. So anyways, Eric, anything else about The Last of Us? Other than that, it's fucking really good. Yeah. I want to make a quick shout out. Please do. So Tess in the show is one of my favorite actresses. Uh, this is Anna Torv. She appears in The Last of Us TV show out of nowhere. Uh, Anna Torv is from one of my favorite shows of all time that no one gives a fuck about called Fringe. Mm. She's the main character from Fringe. Oh. And so I had heard she was going to be in this show uh, when it was announced it was going to be Craig Mazin. It was like the cast. And I saw Anna Torv and I was like, what the fuck? She's barely in anything. And it was funny because off screen she speaks and I was like, that's her. because She has a really inter uh, like interesting voice. I think she's like an Australian actress. Anyways, mm. I know this is like, why the fuck am I talking about this? Because I want to give Anna Torv her due. I love, she's a great actress and she's in this. So awesome. What were you going to say though, Eric? Did you remember? I, no, I said too much. It's okay. Okay. You said enough. <laughs> I'm, thank you, Eric. Yep. Thank you. The Last of Us TV show. Yep. Get on it if you're not already watching it. And with that. That was that, what we've been watching. Thank you. Yeah, that was what we've been watching. Yep. There's a bunch more shit we saw, but we're going to talk it on our list, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've got a I've got a few things that we have yet to speak about on my list. And so we'll get there. Yes. I, I, I God willing. When we start talking about our list. Yeah. If where do, I where survive this recording. Yeah. We are going to Eric Coffin's Territudes. Oh, Eric Coffin's Territudes. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Yes. So What's an end of the year list without my favorite horror punk record? Right? Yeah, duh. Yeah, duh. 
Okay. And I feel like I didn't do a, a Terror Tunes last time. So I hate to deprive you guys for like a quarter of a year with no new Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes, right? Yeah. As I say every year, I can't believe there's five <laughs> I albums that I, are good enough, Doc. I remember one time I did like 15 just because that's what Ben P said. He didn't know that there was that many. Shout Horror out. Park. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Ben P and his spices. Coming in at <laughs> coming in at number five is the. You just bl- be basting and brining those spices, Doc. Basting and brining, Doc. I'm not even too sure what those words mean. Coming in at number five is the Black Russians with their album "Communist Dudes." Number four uh, is Silent Horror with their album "Case Files Volume One." Number three, you're gonna like the title of this album. Uh, this is the Mutant Members Only Club with the album "Tells from Christopher Walken's Ass." Number two, which completely surprised the fuck out of me. I disregarded this album as soon as I learned it was a thing, and then I listened to it and absolutely fucking loved it. That's why it's number two. I'm, of course, talking about Jerry Only's solo album, Antihero. And number one, E-Dog's favorite horror punk-related music of 2022 was from Doomsdale High with their EP Deep Cuts from the Chop Class. It's filled with bangers top to bottom, but I only can pick one song. So here is You're the Maniac for Me. Okay. That was incredible, Eric. Keegan, what a great song, too. You're the, you're the maniac for me, Da. Yeah. That's why I picked Oh, it. thank you, Da. That's why I picked that one, Da, out of all of them. With songs about uh, falling in love with the Headless Horseman, uh, begging Freddy Krueger for just one night of sleep, or making out with boys at uh, Camp Crystal Lake. I could only pick one, and that's the one I went with, Da. And it's making out with boys at Camp Crystal Lake. Da. No, that's another song. Oh, okay. But, but that's what you want to do. But that's that's well, who would it? Yeah, who would? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And supposedly Brian Fuller is just fucking making the fucking with a twenty four is just fucking making the Friday the Thirteenth TV and show they're like and like suppo- random, randomly press releasing that we have access to the entire canon and supposedly Sean Cunningham though is working on another film now. Like what the fuck? Fucking I, disaster! I'll believe it when I see it. Duh. And on that note, as Eric was doing that, all I can think about is my upstairs neighbors. Uh, hopefully do not knock on my door for yelling. Uh, what if they come down and they're like, we'd like to discuss the 824 Friday the 13th potential TV show with well, you guys? Well, actually, actually that I'm concerned Brian Fuller won't make... I'm not sure if he's the right fit for, to be the showrunner. <laughs> I don't understand how Sean Cunningham could get the rights to a movie, but they could do a TV show. How dare they recast someone to play Pamela? <laughs> I, but, th- but then it's like announced that like, Alice, the the actress, uh, oh, yeah. Adrian King is going to be like 
a part of the show. It's like, yeah. is she going to play out? I don't know. Doc. Yeah, it's confusing. Duh. Trust me. We want it. Put it out. But it is very confusing. Have you watched season two of Chucky yet? No, I have not. I have not either. Yikes. Don't yikes me, Doc. I know it's bad. I'm sure it's good, Doc. Uh, no, no, no. I thought the first like no, three no, no. episodes were good. No, no, no. I'm not saying the show is bad. I know it's bad. I haven't watched it. Yes. And, you, and shame. Yes. Shame you. Shame me, Doc. Shame on you. Uh, also, I still apologize for my goddamn sore, uh, dry throat. Problems. I can't believe you're not through with that cough drop yet. I I'm done with it. You've it's been we've been recording for 51 minutes, and he's just still over there sucking on that lozenger. <laughs> goddamn, where are you getting the R from on lozenge? I mean, I used to say Savani for years. <laughs> oh yeah, so Tom Savani, <laughs> like he's going to the fucking Tom Sahara, Tom 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 Lozenger. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. all right, done. And with that, that was Eric Coffin's Terratunes. Eric Coffin's Terratunes. Fuck you, upstairs neighbors. Fuck you, E Doc. Fuck you. There we go. All right. Hope hopefully we have another good year for horror punk in 2023. Yes. And with that, it is finally time to get to our giant top ten of 2022 list. Our feature. first. Well, we have to hit the goddamn music. But I was going to say, but first, before we get to that, you had a series of questions about favorite disc and favorite TV and biggest disappointment. And what was our favorite? Non-horror. And, and Eric's and favorite what memory, and what memory, item from Taco Bell. And what memory did we jerk off most to in 2022? Wow. Memory? Memory? That was um, haunting, Eric. Okay. I wasn't, and with try, I wasn't trying to get weird. Well... We don't try very hard, and we do a lot. Okay. Uh, Eric, uh, you are now in the feature presentation, which is our top 10 horror horror films of of 2022. 2022. But like as Eric said, I like to do a variety show here. We do. And you know what? I had an answer for all these questions, and now I don't. So I'm just going to kind of run with you here. No, he's going to shoot from the hip. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of, you know, I'm going to play on the monkey bars over here. Uh, I don't know about that one, but yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do what I ha- have known as categories. Oh, shit. <clears throat> this Not is fucking Jeopardy. It's categories. Okay. Give me what was your favorite non-horror film for 200. Okay. <laughs> Let's do favorite disc first. Okay, for favorite disc first. Okay, this so, one I do have an answer for. So before we do our top 10 of 2022, I would like to do some top categories of the year. Okay. To throw some things out there, a little, little shucking and jiving for just, you. Just, you know, to kind of get into our psyches just yes. a little more, to better understand us. Yes. And about what kind of spices that we buy when we go to the store. Tractor Supply. Correct. Or BES. Or what was it? Ace Hardware. Ace supply. Hardware, yeah. Yeah. And on that note, Eric. Yes. What do you think? I can go first, but what do you think your favorite disc of 2022 was? Oh, I have an answer. Alligator? It was not alligator. Okay, it's not mine, but it's my runner-up. Okay, well, give me. Okay, give me yours. My, alligator was a treat, though. It was, it absolutely, was, it was a film that had been like out of print for a while. And Robert Forrester and great effects. And who, uh, who doesn't love a giant alligator? And Scream Factory uh, came to be our savior and put that film out on 4K. On 4K, like if Allig- if that movie came out on Blu-ray number one, I wouldn't have bought it. And number two, it wouldn't. But the fact that Alligator. Got a 4K disc. That's a great runner-up for me. I bought Alligator 2. And what is it called? The, like, Last Mutation or something. Yeah. It's not, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm getting at yeah. is, what I'm getting at is, 
Alligator 2 sucked dick. Ooh. But Alligator 1 is lit. Hi. Okay. So that was my runner. <laughs> okay. My favorite disc Uh-oh. of all of 2022. Drum roll, please. Was Scream Factory's 4K release of Black Christmas. Oh. I watched their 4K disc for uh, in December. Christmas. Da. It's it's like pornographic how good it looks. I think I always it, I always make fun of I, I have a I have a fetish for Black Christmas stuff. I always make fun of Keegan to Dana about how much he watched Trick or Treat, but I think I'm gonna have to change it to Black Christmas. Once a year, as I always say. Yeah. Yeah. You don't watch any films once a year, like Robocop on your birthday. But in my head, you're you're like monthly like Black Christmas, which I know isn't true, and I'm just busting your balls. Well, I get the Vaseline out, you know, weekly. I'm just busting balls over here, dog. <laughs> we wouldn't want to bust balls here, dog. Busting balls, dog. Uh, I like that, dog. Okay, so you, Black Christmas. My favorite How pretty does it look? Duh. Especially on this thing. I've never really experienced 4K. That's sad, dog. Like, I've never seen... I mean, you always have, like, a screensaver when I come over. Yeah. Well, I like to impress you. That's That's... I've never seen a 4K film. I've never played a 4K video game. Here's the thing. When you watch a film, like, I know you're joking, but I do watch Black Christmas once a year. Okay. And because of that, I've seen uh, Scream Factory's prior release, which I also jerked, which I also thought was incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I know very, like, Black Christmas to me is that disc. Like, I know exactly what it looks like. So to get a new 4K scan of it, I mean, it was, it, it is gorgeous and it's, it's superior to the yeah blue. and the film is directed by uh bob clark and bob clark also made my favorite christmas movie which is a christmas story and both of the films have he uses a lot of soft focus to like have you know the christmas lights bloom on the lens and when i watch black christmas and a christmas story it just it, the atmosphere feels like christmas it feels cold Black Christmas has all this uh, like atmospheric uh, sound design where like you can hear like the wind uh, like whirring outside like and it looks cold because of this soft focus he uses and then the film is incredibly grainy because it was a 70s film and so all of that is punched in 4k like it, it, it was like I said I mean I basically got the Vaseline out watching this I, I i fucking love black christmas and i fucking love this disc uh if you don't have the black christmas 4k buy it watch it every goddamn december it's incredible sorry eric i had to give is, it its due is uh a christmas story on 4k yes and i have that as well gotcha, gotcha. eric yes. can you think of a disc yes that is your favorite of 2022 paul verhoven's <coughs> benedetta incorrect razor sharp satire starship troopers oh came to 4k yeah and a very pretty still book yes yeah and prior to this i just had a dvd copy of it nice i don't have a 4k tv but i'll take the upgrade it'll still look good yeah uh and it also came with a blu-ray disc and digital so edog is very excited to have that film and really your number one was the 4k steelbook of event horizon there you go Duff. also from scream factory nope that was put out by the studio. Oh. At one point, Scream Factory did yes, put out a But the studio put out the new 4K. Gotcha. I think that's Sony. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, anyways. The only good bug 
is a dead bug. All right, now what else you got? I know. I was gonna say I like how we're trying to like. Well, let's go fast, and then I I jerked fucking Black Christmas for an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, it's my fault too. I've been talking about Ben P spices for since the start of the episode. But that's that's top tier content on this oh, podcast. Okay, there you go. Uh, okay, so my next category for us, Eric, and you're gonna go first. Is your favorite TV of the year? Ooh, I don't know what came out last year. So my okay, I'll jump start. Yeah, give. Let me see if something bounces off from uh, me. My well, my favorite TV of the year. Is not really horror. Okay. But it was sci fi. And it's Station Eleven, my favorite TV of last year. Station Eleven is fucking incredible. I talked it a lot on the podcast. I won't go on. If you haven't watched Station Eleven on HBO, watch it. If you like The Last of Us, watch Station Eleven. It's a mini series, so you can get through it. It's done. Like, I think it's like eight hours, and it's fucking incredible. It's about a pandemic that ends the fucking world. And it's sprawling and incredible. Are there zombie-like creatures? There are not. Okay. People, everybody just dies. Gotcha. Uh, and it's a, a, about the human condition, of course. It's about surviving. And as I said on the podcast, it's about finding people when you need them. Mm. And fate. Things like that. Things that Ke- Keegan loves. You know, not being a religious person, it's funny how feeling like fate. Uh, it, I love fate in my fucking media. But I think that comes from my love of Lost, to be honest. <laughs> so anyways, Station Eleven, fucking incredible, my favorite TV of the year. But it's not really horror, so I will also throw in Yellow Jackets, mm. which is back in like a month or two months. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that uh, an actress from Yellow Jackets is going to be in this week's episode of The Last of Us. Don't know who, because I didn't see the fucking show. I wish show. you wouldn't have spoiled that, because I know who it is. Oh, God. And I was wondering when they were going to show oh, up. Oh, God. You want me to say the name? No. Uh She's incredible in Yellow Jackets. It's a woman. Uh, anyways, yes. Yellow Jackets is fucking great. Favorite TV of the year, Station Eleven, Yellow Jackets. Eric, don't have anything? At one point, I did. <laughs> Nothing's coming to mind, though. Yeah. Okay. Favorite non-horror? Ooh, I had two of them. What about you? I have like four. Okay. I'm going with Del Toro's Pinocchio and the... Uh, Fuck you, dog. You're laughing? This shit was amazing. It was the way you said it. You knew it was going to be... No, I'm sure it's incredible, but out of... Out of the whole goddamn year. It was fucking incredible. Okay. Yeah. And what's your second film? And the Hindu Indian sensation. R, R, R. Holy shit. That shit blew my dick off. Wow. And you know what? Both films, musicals. Pleased to announce that my two favorite non-horror films of the year are both musicals. Really cool selections. Also, kind both of hard to comprehend. Netflix. You could go watch those right now. I don't want to turn your favorite films into an argument, so I'll just do mine. <laughs> Let's hear them, Doc. Okay. My favorite non-horror film of the year, uh, within reason, because I like all of these. I have four. Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Hmm. Dad, this is... Everybody said it was one of the best movies ever made, and I did what everyone does. Oh, it can't be that good. And I saw it twice at the Draft House, and it's life-affirming, it's about everything. It's about not wanting to be. It's about wanting to be. It's amazing. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. I fucking love that movie. Top Gun Maverick. Mm, excellent. <laughs> the Northman is a movie I love this year That's that I didn't want to put in horror because it's not really horror. Mm-hmm. Fair. And Avatar, The Way of Water. Ooh. Loved it. I guess fucking I'd, loved it, Doc. I guess that'd be my number three. You like you like you loved it. I fucking love. Yeah, fuck fucking yeah, I did. loved it, Doc. Yeah, hell yeah. I want to see it again so bad, but I don't want to see it at this piece of shit theater. Mm. It's so fucking good. 
yeah i'm i'm jealous that you got to see it in fucking imax and blah 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 and 3d and everything else and it did not disappoint fuck it's so good i I love it because people like avatars like a meme you know people like turned it into like it wasn't good avatar is really good and the way of water is fucking better Mm. so anyways everything everywhere all at once i guess that i would say that's probably my favorite this is life affirming, da, and I love life affirming shit. As downtrodden as a hurt human that I am, I love lifting people up, da. Just, and just that, not yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, Eric, I have two like uh, variety things as a joke. Okay, lay them on me. My dig- biggest disappointment of the year. Okay. Biggest dis- biggest horror disappointment of the year, and I really made these just to take jabs. Because I just am a fucking asshole. Firestarter. Um, bless everyone that loves this movie. It's a very liked movie. My biggest horror disappointment of 2022 was The Black Phone. Oh. I just didn't give a fuck about that movie. Okay. Very well made. Cool movie. I don't know. Didn't connect. Didn't care about it. Didn't connect. I also have most boring horror of the year. Lay it on me. These are different because one's a disappointment because I had a lot of hype. The others are just fucking boring as fuck pray for the devil oh i didn't see it god damn i went with west shout out west if he ever hears this fucking boring as fuck da oh i'm glad don't watch pray for the devil da again you know in a way a pretty well-made good-looking movie boring as fuck didn't care about it all i also want to just take a jab at Firestarter. yeah god damn da that was bad. That was bad. And Carpenter did the score for which, it. Which is good, though. <laughs> Why? Why did he do that? And with that, that concludes our categories. Duh. Mm. Can you think of any horror movie that disappointed you this year? Eric is deep in thought. I am deep in thought. He's deep I, in something. I, I guess I was pretty enthusiastic about every fucking thing I saw. Really? Yeah. You like the black phone? I did like the black phone. It's not on my list. Yeah. I'm, you're giving me anxiety about my list right now because I just thought of something that I don't have on oh, here. Oh, fuck that. Well, you can scratch it out. Yeah, but now I'm confident. All right. You're riding along. You're driving along. Okay. Yeah. With that, Eric. Let's let's do honorable mentions. Oh, sure. Why don't you go first? I've said so much shit, as always, talk too goddamn much. So, Eric. Okay. Give me an honorable mention. Duh, I'm going to keep pounding this film in your head until you watch it. Keep pounding. I am talking about Ben Peace <laughs> from <laughs> Tractor <laughs> Supply. <laughs> Tractor Supply. No, Deadstream. Duh, this film is so much goddamn fun. Deadstream is about uh, this man who is a popular YouTuber who gets canceled. So in an effort to get uncanceled, um, he decides he's going to spend the night in a haunted house and he's going to live stream it the entire time. Uh, he locks himself inside, throws away the key so he can never uh, leave. And this is just found footage fun. Um, fun monsters, good jump scares, uh, lots of genuine humor, good gore. Um, I apologize this, this for not just, having seen this it. This was dog. just a fun film. And every and this was just a fun film, dog. Everyone online is saying film. it's good. Yeah. So I'm, I I know. I need to see it. So Deadstream. E Dog wholeheartedly recommends this this was on this was number 10 for a while. And then I thought of something that's gonna piss you and all of our listeners <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, Eric. And I was like, ah, oh, that needs to be my number 10. Okay. So so Deadstream got just inched out off of my list. By an inch. Yeah. Okay, okay, Eric. 
Give me. I have several, but let's hear sure. some of yours. A honorable mention from me is the sadness. Ooh, the sadness is really cool, super violent, mean spirited, wild. Ultimately, didn't connect to it emotionally at all, and that is what held it back. Um, you know, you can do crazy violence. And I liked it, and that's why it's on my honorable mention. But I didn't care about anybody in the movie. So it's an honorable mention. The sadness is really cool. If you like fucking ultraviolence, um, that's like well made, not just like that, like low budget not like shit. Violent shit. That shit is fucking yeah, terrible. Like well made violent shit. Uh, the sadness is great. Shout out to Shane Saw. He, he recommended it to me. He's like, you need to see the sadness. He was right. It is good. Uh, but it's an honorable mention for me. All right, another one for me is David <coughs> Bruckner's Hellraiser. Yeah, same here. It's not a mention for <sighs> me as well. For you. Yeah, um, I really liked it. Me too. I really liked it. I, I genuinely did. Um, but I mean, ultimately, there was 10 other things that I liked more. I feel like it was, you know, it was held back a little bit by like, I wish it was like tighter. I feel like at times it kind of struggled like with its character it's main character that was like kind of all over the place. Cause she was like a drug addict or whatever. Mm. And you know, but what's in it is fucking stylish as fuck. I thought there was quite a bit of action. Yeah. Like there's parts yeah. where like they're being ch- literally chased by the Cinnabites. And I was like, Holy shit, this is Inc- awesome. Incredible direction, crazy like design of the film. Like the way it looks is awesome. Uh, but I feel like it, it, it needed just a little bit more to be like incredible. And I didn't mind that it wasn't like super psychosexual either. Yeah. That was okay with me. I saw that was like a complaint with a lot of other people, but I was okay with the drug addict angle. Yeah. I, definitely that, that has never really, Do I want more sex and titties in a film. Yes. Well, sure. On its face, but that has never really appealed to me about Hellraiser. Like the whole okay. bondage element. I'm with you. Um, I not, like how I'm not against it. It's just not really appealing to me. It's interesting that they're not wearing leather. Instead, it's like their skin. It's their skin. Yeah. yeah, it's their skin that's like contorted and fucked up. So I totally agree. David Bruckner's uh, Hellraiser is an honorable mention for me. Incredible. I don't know if I should say incredible. A great movie. Okay. Um, I want to show it to like my brother and his wife because I was like, damn, this is gangbusters. It's it's a really crowd pleasing. I wish it was in a theater. Uh, I almost wish it. I almost think if it went to theater, it probably would have made my list. One more shout out for Hellraiser. I liked how straightforward it was. People, I agree. Mo- people's motivations were clear cut as, as clear cut as shit, and E Dog appreciated that. This was Hellraiser with a bow. I I have like a shitty comparison, so okay. I'm just fucking around. But I almost feel like this is like the worst version of the Evil Dead remake. Like the Evil Dead remake is perfect from beginning to ending, in my opinion. And this is a little bit more, God, I hate to use the word sloppy because it's really good. But, you know, it's it's Evil Dead 2013 light. Okay. So another honorable mention from me. Yep. What else you got, G? <laughs> We're going to get some gangbusters in a minute, but I'll just say Bones and All. Okay. Love Bones and All. Really, really fucking cool movie, but an honorable mention. Uh, one uh, honorable mention for me, potentially on your list, Min. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Probably on my list, Eric. Okay. Uh, I really liked Men. Uh, I know you sh- love Men. shit ton. Uh, I thought it's excellent. Um, I guess its themes was a bit too ambiguous for you, Doug. And having just talked about how much I enjoyed how straightforward Hellraiser was, <clears throat> Men is not. 
Gotcha. And uh, as fun as it is, as as violent as it is, doesn't just quite ring home for you, Doug. Then Eric, I have an honorable mention for you okay. that will disappoint you. So here's my. I have a couple, so we'll go. Since you said men, which I absolutely love, of course okay. I love men. I love men. Don't I know. Me wrong. No, I know it's you just, do. Just an honorable mention. Uh, so an honorable mention for me is gonna upset people. That's it. I thought it was a great film, but ultimately I just wasn't in love with it. Okay. And it's Smile. Oh, okay. I think Smile is great. It, 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 you know, like Megan, I thought was like a fun roller coaster. Smile is like way, way better made hmm. than something like Megan. You know, the set design, the colors, like it's a beautifully shot, gorgeous, like little film. It, I just, I didn't love it, but I thought it was great. Mm. So I'll just leave it at that. Smile is really good, but so it's not on my list. Honorable mention for me, Eric. Smile just kind of kept going and going for me in terms of like, how is this consistently hitting the mark for me? I will say I rewatched the opening of Smile. It's on YouTube and I was bored. I rewatched the opening and it it like that opening made me like reevaluate do i need to rewatch this everything huh? cuz it's so upsetting right the way it's shot it's like this lockdown camera and that girl is like standing there right in the middle of the lens and it's i won't say what happened but it's incredibly violent and the way it's so hat like um matter of factly violent appeal i love it it's just I thought it got bogged down in like the investigation and stuff. I see, said that. See, that's why I really got into it. Yeah. Because uh, E-Dog loves a mystery, duh. I do too. And, and I just want to unravel mysteries, duh. Maybe I need to see it again as as you stated. Yeah. Um, I feel like I shortchanged some of these movies. I thought Smile was cool. Maybe I just need to see it again. Because gotcha. I felt like bored by the investigation aspect. But the like set pieces and the violence – are incredible. Right. In Smile. It, uh, I love just, it's kind of a downer, the whole film. I love that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't appeal to you more. There's, well, yeah, there's like this whole scene with a cat oh, and yeah. it's so fucking upsetting, but I love that shit. Right. Like, so yeah, I thought Smile was great, but just didn't make my list. Gotcha. Uh, I got two more. How much you got? Like two more. Okay. Uh, next one, I'm going to go with Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely liked it. it was, I'm so happy I saw it in a theater. That's sick, Doc. Um, and stayed awake. <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously the violence was cool. Obviously the gore is there. I feel like that's what Terrifier 2 is. But there's just a lot of it that I didn't know what the fuck was going on, Doc. Yeah. And, I'm, I, and I almost feel like the film doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Like, it's not just me in this case. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk it again. Is it on your list? It is. Oh, wow. Interesting. But I'll explain why. Okay. Because I actually totally agree with what you're saying. I'm interested to hear you say. We'll talk Terrifier 2. Okay. And then my last one, uh, another great found footage film of the year was VHS 99 with uh, solid ass segments from the dude who made Deadstream as well as the dude who made, um, I liked it a lot. He did The Last Resident Evil. He did Strangers 2. Oh, uh, not Wom Call It Sarah, the other one. It's, uh, he did 40, 42 meters down, I think. God damn it, Eric. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. He had a real strong entry in the new VHS. I can't remember his name, Dom. 
So strong that I went, when I went to my mom's house, like after watching it, I was like, I watched this movie and there was this part where this happened. And I described his segment to her. Nice stuff. Yeah. Um, I gave up on the VHS films. Yeah. I own the first one. I think the first one is the best. And I know that that's blasphemy because they get, well, they get way crazier and cooler, but I think VHS is like scary. The first film. I'm with you. And I feel like they become sort of gimmick, like gimmick short films. I think everybody saw that. The Gareth Evans? Oh, yeah. Team with DeJounte one? Is that who it is? The one the, the second one with, yeah. the con- with the suicide cult? Right. So everybody knows what we're talking about. I feel like the VHS filmmakers saw that and were like, that's what VHS is. And I think that's great, but I felt like they just became like roller coasters. Like, and I don't know. Like, once you've seen a few of those, it, I'm not shitting on them. That's really cool they make them, but I kind of gave up on them. I kind of feel like that's how I would describe Radio Silence's segment in the first one. I agree, but it's, it's a it bit all, of a roller coaster. It is, but it's contained. It's small. It's like four by three. I I see what you're saying, but it's it's way shit's it's, flying off the walls. They're running. I get what you're saying, but I feel like it was cooler when it felt lower budget, and now that they're like yearly expensive, like that. I think it's Timo Tijanto, whichever one uses the Unreal Engine in '94. That's when I gave up on VHS. Oh, which first person? Yes. That one, I was like, I'm done. Damn, like, done. I feel like this isn't filmmaking anymore. Uh, but no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative. Okay. Um, okay. That one has like a bunch of weird CGI where I literally think they were using the Unreal Engine and it kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. Like I was like, this is not like, I don't want to sound like an asshole. I feel like this is not what I go to the movies for, gotcha. but but that's just personal. Like I felt like it was too, like I feel like people would be like, "That's badass," and I was just kind of like, "Ugh," like it looks like whatever. I don't um, want to be an asshole. Can we segue into our? I have a couple list? more. Okay, honorable mentions. So I'm assuming this is on your list. Okay, let's see. Uh, well, let me let me throw this out. Okay, I'm on the phone. I'm listening to you. Let me throw a couple things out. Okay, uh, Beast. Beast is a really underrated, cool movie with Idris Elba with with lions. Way better than it had any right to be. You know good goddamn well Beast is not on my motherfucking yeah. list. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's amazing. It's, this is our honorable mentions. Okay. I want people to know that I feel like it's a better movie than people get it, gave it credit. I didn't buy it. I'm not going to buy it. But I feel like if you're, you should watch Beast. It's cool. It's I on Peacock. It. Yeah, Beast is cool. Then I have, okay, so I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. I'm going to attack your feelings. Okay, that's fine. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. This is a movie I thought was really cool. Didn't make my list. Not personal to me. Really cool. It's making my honorable mentions. It's it's violent. It's mean-spirited as fuck. I liked it. Just an honorable mention from me. Okay. Um, okay, this, this movie grew on me. It's another honorable mention. Didn't make my list. I feel bad. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Mm. This is a film that's really good. And when I left, I was like, eh. I thought it was, I didn't like the way it was shot. I thought it was too like pedestrian. Like it felt like people were carrying iPhones and shaky cam. Like I felt like it wasn't very artistically shot. Not the story, but the way it looked. I thought it was pedestrian. The more I think back to it, like the film Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is fucking really good. Mm. And I want to own the 4K the more I think about it. I've only seen it once, and I'm like, it's grown in my mind since I saw it. Did they Bo- do a 4K? Yeah. Oh, Really good. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is good. I enjoyed it. 
I have one more. Okay. And it's only here. Don't yell at me. It's only here because I just didn't feel like it was horror. And it's Prey. I don't have Prey on my list okay. either. Prey is fucking amazing. It's great. Uh, but I felt the same way. It's not horror. I mean, it's... I, like, I felt conflicted the year Predators came out because... Excuse me. The Predator. Because I had it on my list, but I mean, you know, they're, they're monster movies that aren't horror. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to say that it's not that we're overthinking it. You know, these No, lists, I am. Well, these lists are personal. And to me, if my first thought is, I don't think that should be on my list, that confirmed it for me. I was like, no, Prey's not on my list. Because in my head, it's not... I know this doesn't matter. It's just a podcast that a few people listen to. Sure. But I, I care about my list because it's fun for me to do. And so in my head, if I thought, you know, Prey's not really horror, then don't fucking put it on your list. And that, that's exactly what I told myself. So anyways, Prey is great. I feel bad that I didn't say Prey whenever you asked me what my favorite non-horror was. But here we are talking about how we're conflicted about is it horror or not. Yeah. Yeah. So Prey's great. Not horror. Didn't put it on my list. And with that, Eric... And the menu uh, was an honorable mention, but we talked it. The menu's great. Well, I guess it's time for me to confess. Every single one of your honorable mentions, it was my whole list. You just did 10 Is it really? One. Yep. <laughs> oh, fuck. So you just heard my list. <coughs> well, you did my 10. You want to do my 10 first? Uh, I'm just fucking with you. Okay, duh. Sure. Let's, let's get into it. Now. Here it is. This is our top 10 favorite films of 2022. Okay. Bangers. We, I say this Great every year. I say this every year. Yes. Again, we are <coughs> spoiled at um, what was given to us. I will say, like, I feel like in years past, and this could be a this could be a um, a symptom of the pandemic, but I feel like my list used to be a lot more studio horror and bigger budget and stuff. And I feel like the more the years have gone on, but I will say this is like what year three of the pandemic, year four. I remember in twenty twenty, I think like everything I listed was like Shutter and YouTube. See, and I feel like mine was like all studio. Yeah. Um. So it could be a symptom of like the... Did I say YouTube? I don't know. Yes. Shutter and Netflix. I'm there. Dumb. You go. Um, I feel like the the longer this has gone and it could be due to like indies getting films made. Um, but my favorite films of the year are becoming more niche. Gotcha. Like I feel like it's more niche. Now, my... Uh, I won't say, but high up on my list is a film that is a studio film. So I'm not saying there's no studio. There are. But I will say that I just feel like it, my lists are becoming more niche. Like I'm becoming picky is I guess what I'm getting at. Like I thought Smile was great, but I thought there's two films on here that are smaller than Smile, but they spoke to me specifically. So I feel like I'm becoming picky to films that speak to me, not just, oh, that was great. You know what I'm saying? I do. Eric, what is your number 10 of 2022? Okay, so we're getting into this, Da. And I just want to clarify something real quick. As you just pointed out, this is your list. Yes. The this is these are your rules. We can put whatever we want on totally. it. Totally. Right? And that's the important thing. It's yours. Whatever you want to do, Eric. Now, right. now I can fuck with you and say, Oh, I don't like that, but that's not the point. That's not the point. It's it's for discussion. Uh my number ten was one of the best horror experiences I had of last year. A video game. How did you know? Because you're Eric and you don't want you you only play video games. <laughs> yeah. Uh number 10 for me was Supermassive's The Devil in Me. Um this shit is incredible. This is a video game as as I've just as you just heard. Um it's about a film crew who is making a documentary on the real killer H.H. H. Holmes. 
and a real real killer in real life. Okay. Edge Holmes is a real guy. Um, when they receive a mysterious phone call from this man who says he has a relative who's obsessed with H.H. Holmes. Uh, so much so that he has rebuilt a hotel that H.H. Holmes owned. Would you like to come and film in this recreation of his hotel? So, of course, they go. And when they get there, it's on a private island. Um, they're immediately locked in and they start getting stalked and slashed by a man who looks like H.H. Holmes. It is a masked killer. And what's great about this is, you know, since it's a video game, E-Dog gets to make the choices, Yeah, right? It, you know, you get to see the outcome of, of the story. They originally made Until Dawn, right? Correct. That was like the first yeah. uh, game that they made. Um, is this similar to Until Dawn? It's the same like gameplay mechanics. Okay. Yes. Um, there is a bit more like exploration now because that was something people wanted, whereas previously it was kind of just like you're watching this and then cut scenes or, with a quick time event. Yep, uh, yep. Would, would pop up. But uh, God, I just had a blast being chased by this man in an H.H. Holmes outfit. Um, you know, obviously horror movies are, can get, you know. The blood pumping. Can, yeah, but you know, there's, this is a whole nother level when I'm the one making right. the decisions, you know. And God, this was just such a fun, fun, fun thing for me to partake in, you know? So if you've ever thought, you know, you'd want a masked slasher as a video game, well, I've got some good news for you. The devil in me is incredible. And sure, we got Friday the 13th. Sure, we got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game to look forward to. But but what's great about this is, this is a story. This is this is multiplayer, which is incredible. You can play with other people. But, you know, this is a masked slasher as a video game, dog. And I had a blast playing it. That is my I feel like you sold me. I want to play it. Yeah, it is. I'd strongly recommend it. So, Until Dawn was exclusive to PlayStation. Correct. And we, I have Xbox. Um, so, actually now hearing you say that, I should play, because I wanted to, I never played Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to play this, because if it's like Until Dawn, I so, want to play it. So, they've made five of these. Yeah, no, I'm aware then. of that, yeah. And uh, I the feel Man like Dan. I feel like they've gotten better. Yeah, and they did fucking two of them last year. They did one called uh, the the Quarry uh, with David Arquette. It's a summer camp with werewolves, which was also incredible. Yeah, but if I had to just pick one, uh, the one the reason I really liked The Devil in Me was because all the past ones are supernatural, and it was great for just to be uh, you know chased by a mass slasher. Yeah, Guess that's my dream, Doc. No, I, I'm with you. That you know. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to play until Don. I remember Hayden Panettiere was in, yeah, until Don. Um, there's one more guy in it. Uh, Sean Astin. No, he wasn't in it. Okay, I don't know. Died in Remy Malik. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody himself. Yeah, he was in Until Don. And that's what's fun is each one of these has like kind cameos. Of, well. I mean, they're like full roles. Yeah. You know, like I said, David Arquette was in The, the Quarry. And uh, Jesse Buckley is, oh, wow. is in The Devil in Me. Yeah, she's the I love Jesse character. Buckley. Yeah, so wait for it to like go on sale next October, dog. I should, dog. Uh, no, that, and you that should, actually, because I- You should pick it up. I'll say this game one more time. Until Dawn, I really wanted to fucking play that. So the fact that this is like another one of those, right. I want to play it. And that was? That was The Devil in Me. And The Devil's in Eric. Yeah. Okay. And that was your number 10. That was my number 10, Doc. Starting kind of rocky. Let's hear your number 10. Get us back on course, Doc. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is a film that I have not spoken about on this podcast because I saw it after our last episode. Okay. 
This is Damian Leone's okay. Terrifier 2. So it made my number 10. That's, you know, I felt I'm surprised. I felt like it had to make my list. This is like I will say I hate to start negative right away. I will say I totally agree with everything you said. I feel like why the fuck is this two hours long? Two two and a half. Okay, that I mean that's it's preposterous. I mean it's fucking insane. Um, it should not be as long as it is. If if Terrifier Two was like under two hours, it would be like the greatest fucking slasher movie ever made. But it's too fucking long. But you know, just okay. So I never liked Terrifier. I was not big into the first film. Okay. Now. I liked its violence. Mm-hmm. I thought it was mean-spirited. So it was cool. But the first film discards your main character very early. And because of that, I felt like it didn't have a through line. And Terrifier 2 fixes all that. Terrifier 2 gives us a final girl that we can root for, that we care about. And so right away, once that was occurring, I was like, wow, this is so much better than Terrifier. And then it has insanity. Um, I saw I saw a tweet. I wish I could credit who they are, but they called it off the rails. And I feel like because like the word I I use is unhinged, but off the rails slasher is exactly what Terrifier Two is. Like it's 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 bordering on pointless. You know, like the, obviously there's the this famous bedroom you know kill scene that's in Terrifier Two now. Mm. And it's it's pointless. It's fucking insane. Uh, it's comical. It's mean spirited. It, it possibly goes on for too long with its violence. Um, but it's terrifier too. Like that's how. That's why I tweeted like that because it's its own thing. I've never quite seen anything like this before, and I admired the fuck out of it. But it's too long. Eric said none of it makes sense. I actually don't care if it makes sense. Mm. This is my number 10 and bless Damien Leone and everybody that made this film because they made something really cool. But I do, you know, I do want to say that I feel like it's a little bit up its own ass. Like the fact that the final like 30 to 40 minutes are like lore and like all this that, that we get no answers to. And Eric, the thing is, I don't care. I if, do. You're, you're no, telling us no, you, you can. That the you father like fucking <clears throat> wrote a comic book about art, but then that's not really going to matter later. And that's Eric. I'm saying that's okay. okay that you care about that. Okay. My point is, it just it 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 gets like I said. I feel like it's up its own ass. Like Damien Leone thinks he's some master with like the lore and the canon and and the the mythology behind Art the Clown. And I was kind of like. Honestly, just go back to like a, the fun slasher. Like this is right. fucking preposterous. I was super excited when it starts. Yeah. Because like it acknowledges that Art dies at the end of the first one. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. We're seeing him come back to life. Like I, I thought there was going to be consistency. But yeah. then it goes off the rails. Yeah. Off the rails as fuck. And I feel like the slasher part of it is incredible. But once we finally get to, it's like a, like a carnival or something, it's, right? It's the Terrifier. There you go. <laughs> it's one, a ride, isn't once it? We, I think so. Once we get to that, I honestly kind of fuck off. So that's why it's my number 10. If all that shit that just goes on for like 45 more minutes, da, if that wasn't there, this would be like my number four. Damn. But it's not close because it's just, it, it's, I, I really feel, I want people, I feel bad calling it up its own ass. I really do. I bought the 4K. I think it's cool. Same here. But, 
I mean, really, like, it's not that it has mythology it doesn't explain. It's that it thinks we give a fuck about that mythology. Here's the thing. I want to give a fuck. I didn't. You know what? That shit's, like, important to me. You know what? Let me tell you what I think What I think about. Let me tell you Go what ahead, goes Eric. on in E-Dog's head. Spoilers for Scream 1 and Scream 5 coming up. <laughs> oh, okay? my God. At the end of Scream 5, da, when Richie is telling Sam that he purposely seeked her out to hook <laughs> up with Spoilers her. for Scream 5, like yeah. Eric said. Spoilers for Scream 5. You know, he tells her, you know, it was so easy to find you in California. Do you think... Doesn't he say it was like even easier to fuck you or something? He does. It's so fucked up. He does say that. Do you think that Billy purposely got with Sydney because it was Billy's mother that slept with Billy's father that got Billy's mother to leave? That kind of shit's important to me. That's what I think about, Doc. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is... It, it's not even think, that's not even something they address in the first film. But I, yet... I think about it, and it's important to me. These little trivia details sure. that you are a washing over. Well, I'm t- let me let me reiterate my a Terrifier two comments. If the mythology, or if those, see, how about this? If the film was good in those moments, it matters to me less if it makes sense. Like it, I, I think I actually think it's kind of aspiration. I think it's cool that he went so like. Um, ambiguous or fantasy almost like he went in this fantasy direction in a slasher film, which is something I've never seen before. And so I kind of commend that. Like I was like, wow, that's really crazy. You know, there's this like early on in the film, there's like this sword and all this shit. And I was like, wow, he's going like kind of like this, um, you know, uh, uh, those paintings that are on like those, uh, fucking tapestry blankets and shit for metalheads. Like he was kind of going that route with like the iconography and the imagery and I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. But then it's like 45 minutes of just like like colors and like drowning in like a water and like just just shit that I did not feel like was satisfactory. Not because it didn't make sense. That's what I want. I, I want to make that clear. For me, I don't care. It wasn't that he didn't explain what that okay, for instance, here's a good example. It wasn't that he's not explaining the puddle that she's drowning in. It's not that I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, you could tell me and maybe it's good. I don't know. But it was that that was not fun to watch. It wasn't a good movie moment. So essentially, once they get to that carnival, I was kind of like, fuck off. You're tapped out. But I think the first like hour and 45 is fucking insanely good. I guess like I'm waiting for something clever to happen. Sure. Yeah. And and that and that's and, an appropriate and it, and uh, it, response. And then for him, and then for her to just drown, but then come back from the power of the sword <clears throat> without you telling me why she has the power of sure. the sword. I tap out. It reminded me of the ending of Glass, where it just feels like it like shits the bed a little bit. I think Glass is good, but like that film has a character dying in a puddle. And you're kind of like, really? That's the end of the film? Right. Uh, that's how I felt about this. I was like, really? Like, this is the ending of the film? Like, in Terrifier after all, defense. Let me say this. It's after, a lot bigger than a puddle. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, it, I guess my point is, after all that, right. we're going to be in a dark like cave with a fucking puddle. I was like, eh, no. No thanks. I'm out. But Terrifier 2 is my number 10. It, it's 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 interesting that I feel like we're both kind of like mad at Terrifier Two for sure, but but we both like it. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I'm I'm eager to watch it again for sure. Me too. 100%. I bought the 4K from Best Buy. Same here. Uh, Same fuck here. yeah for putting that out on 4K. We can't get we Pearl on 4K, but we can get fucking Terrifier, Terrifier 2, Two on 4K. Bless you, Cinedyme. 
and fucking Blade Disgusting uh, partly distributed as well. They went uh, all in for it. And dog. good for them. I mean, yeah. and it's a success. I mean, good for Terrifier 2. It's my number 10. But yeah, fuck that last 30 minutes. Before we move on from Terrifier, Adar would like to say one thing. Terrifier 1, in my opinion, is now a Halloween classic. Why do you say that? I guess because everything that I complain about Terrifier 2 is, Terrifier 1 is not. Well, and I told you what my issue with Terrifier 1 was, was no characters. Yeah, no through line character to root for. And, you know, I get it. It's fun to watch, you know, Art the Clown kill people, mm-hmm. but it's also important to me to like care about what's happening. You know, another thing that I really like about Terrifier 1. I don't like how you're putting your arms out. Is it's like, uh, it's like on a street level. Yeah. Does for that sure. make sense? Yeah. It's like in the garage. I don't know what city. This it's like is a warehouse. Yeah. It's like real grimy. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like we're down in the alley with these characters. And there's an opening uh, scene in, in Terrifier 2, like after he comes back to life, after he like leaves the hospital. He's like walking down an alley again and we see police cars like rushing by and I was like, fuck yeah, we're back on this street level yeah, th- again. Th- this is your your uh, New York City thing. Your, uh, what's his name? Not Verhoeven, but... Uh, Lust- Abel Fiera. No, the basket case guy. Frank Hennenlauter. This is your Frank Hennenlauter New York thing. I mean, that's fine. You lo- No, you love deep and seedy like cities. Yeah, Joe, Joe Lynch calls it sleaze court. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, I, like, yeah. I don't want to be there. But boy, does it seem attractive just to see them have to like step over a bum in a needle. Well, and I and, guess and I don't like, know, Eric. And I guess I don't like that Terrifier Two kind of leaves the street level. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think ultimately that Terrifier Two is high art, but I just admired it. It's you know who who is it? Uh, I think Mike Flanagan called it like the birth, splatter. the birth of the mega slasher. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like that's awesome. But again, ultimately, I do not think the film was perfect. But you know what? Fuck it. I enjoy filmmakers giving us their opinions. It's a let, let me put it this way: at least it's a fucking swing. It's a swing. <laughs> Damien Leone swung he, for the he, fences. He fucking he he pointed the bat to the fucking outfield. It's called it's called pimping the bat. He he fucking, pimped the bat. He yes. pimped the home run. Da- Damien Leone. When I played little league baseball, duh, I was terrified of the ball. I had always. My front foot, I'd always move out. Yep. I was, I was afraid to get hit by a ball. Not fucking Leone. And he, Eric, and let me tell you, fucking, Eric loves balls now. He fucking stepped towards that shit, duh. Yeah. He threw a, a curveball that hit the, the, that beamed someone. I was reading in Fangoria how, like, you know, a lot of this shit's practical. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times they'd shoot a, you know, one of the death scenes, you know, and they're like set pieces, these big elaborate set Crazy. pieces. They didn't get it the way they'd want to, so they'd have to reset and do it all over again. So he's a he's a hardworking man, you know. And this film has like a lot of like intricate, you know, hand kills, you know, like uh, he kills them by hand, you know, in this visceral way. But there's this one that's so mean spirited in the movie. I won't say what character, but there's this moment where I'm waiting for this character to get annihilated by art, and instead of instead of fucking like making it like a um, like a drawn out thing. He just pulls out this little pistol and shoots someone directly in the head. And I was like, God, this is like so like anti it's just fucked. Like, okay, you're going to play with people and torture people and you know, the mega slasher. 
But then you're also going to have him just be a mean-spirited, like, gun killer? Like, fuck. I fucking forgot about one of the greatest things about Terrifier 2, duh. Oh, the Clown Cafe. The food is kind of funny. The food is kind of funny See, at the Clown Cafe. And let me ask you this, Eric. Do you and need it, the Clown it, Cafe explained? Who cares? It's awesome. And then, what's well, a dream? So that's fine. Sure, great. Sure, you don't need any explanation. How's she having a dream about shit that, like, I, I'm she, not asking she's, this she's question. She's aware of art because of her father's fucking uh, drawings. But how does the father know about art? I thought they were going to tell us art was the father. I would have taken that bullshit than the no bullshit that they give us. All right. And on that. Food is always funny. At the Clown, the Clown Cafe. Cafe. The Clown Cafe is incredible. Just the imagery, like the way it looks, is fucking insane. And then he's just blowing all those people away with that <laughs> assault rifle, like on the fucking swing set or something. Which I'm assuming is like a condemnation of assault rifles and guns. But in, in a movie like Terrifier, you don't know. I don't know if he's trying to say anything. I really don't. Because it's so, I don't want to use the word vapid, but it's so flippant in what it's doing. I don't know if it's trying to say anything. I don't think it is, but I, but I don't know. With that, that was, holy shit, Eric. That was Terrifier too. That was my number we 10. We have some feelings about Terrifier. Yeah. All right. So let's go to what? Our number nine? Your yeah. number nine. My number nine is Barbarian. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel how you felt about it, how... Um, I said I felt like I shortchanged it a little bit. Right, exactly. Um, and I think for me it was hype. Yeah. I was told it was going to be this wild, crazy ride. And if I had just kind of gone, I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had just seen it at home. Maybe. Because instead I drove a fucking hour. Yep. Ate, and it was a horrible theater experience. ate at Schlotsky's and they put mayonnaise on my sandwich. And Eric doesn't like white cream. No. Anyways, let's talk about Barbarian. So Barbarian is... Zach Kreger. Can we say high concept? Yeah. So uh, this woman rents an Airbnb. There's a man already staying there. And uh, that's just the beginning of her nightmare, a double booked yeah. Airbnb. And one thing that I have to commend Barbarian for is I never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. There sure. was, uh, and there's so many like changes in the story where it's like, okay, this is A. Now we're going to show you B. Now we're going to show you C. Each one of these are super different, but. It's all one cohesive story. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I have Barbarian higher on okay. my list, but I, why don't I talk it now and we'll just, I'll say it when I get there. Sure. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Barbarian for me, I feel like I already said, um, I just want to say uh, it is higher, but uh, I, I honestly, dude, if I had seen this, I mean, it's, it kind of sucked for us yeah. because we should have been able to just go to our theater and see Barbarian, but we had to wait like three weeks and then drive to another town. And Meanwhile, see it. everyone is telling us how amazing it totally, is. Totally. Like, I feel like that played into it because finally we get there. And then, of course, and this is no fault of the film. It has nothing to do with the film. You know, the, the theater, we went to Hobbs, New Mexico, and, you know, the fucking bulb is burned out. And Barbarian's a very dark film, very dimly lit film. I can barely fucking see it. It's an awful experience. The people there are fucking assholes to us. The and, toilet's overflowing. Yeah, the toilet's overflowing. Exactly. And so, <laughs> you know, not, you know, all of that. And then, like you said, the hype and the train and, and just, it was like, oh, you got to see Barbarian, all this shit. And again, this has nothing to do with the film, but it was kind of like, that's why I feel like I short, it's not necessarily all my fault, but I feel like we shortchanged it a little bit. And I feel like if I had just seen it correctly, I feel, to be honest, I feel like my first viewing was so tainted 
and by by expectations in the theater that I feel like it almost ruined how good the film could should have been to me. Um, so I'd like to see it again, but I'd like to give it some time. I'd like it to get a fucking physical release. So yeah, I will uh, I will say where it's at on my list. But yeah, I, Barbarian is fucking sick. Mm. Shout out to Zach Kreger for making such a dope film. Um, Unpredictable. Yeah, and now he just got like this big ass deal to With do new his line. Uh, new line and WB. And I guess uh, uh, I listen to film podcasts, you know, industry stuff because I'm fucking a nerd. And uh, I guess he they like disclose the deal. He has like final cut. He has like uh, he got a sweetheart fucking deal. So whatever that is is gonna be a full on Zach Kreger movie. So like, right. what's dope is we just got this. You know, he's from the Whitest Kids, you know, a sketch comedy artist, and he makes this. You know, it's so exciting. It's like cool. What do you got next? Like fuck right. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I mean, and, and it was cool to champion, you know, it became a big deal this year. Barbarian made a lot of money and you know, of course, like me, I'm always like, you guys are liking bar, not, not horror fans, but like normal people were seeing barbarian and I'm like, mm. what the fuck are they going to think about this? Like, this is awesome for us, you know, and I can't say what's in it, but some of the things in it, it's like, holy shit. Mm. Um, we'll leave it at that because yeah. I would really not like to spoil barbarian here. It's fucking awesome. Definitely on my list. Uh, yeah. That was my number nine. Okay, so, my number nine. Kiki, give us your, your 69, please. My 69 is a film I just saw like three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Resurrection. This oh. is the Rebecca Hall movie. I have not seen it. And uh, this, you know, it's, it's tough. And uh, films, you know, like Smile, for example. Smile was Which isn't on your list. Bigger, cool, awesome, but somehow didn't speak to me. And Resurrection, I really would rather not say what it's about. Okay. Rebecca Hall, it works at this like um, office building. The film opens. She has a daughter and everything seems like it's going well in her life. She's kind of similar to her character from The Night House, which was my favorite movie of that year. Uh, you know, it's great, Rebecca Hall. And then this this person arrives in her life, uh, played by Tim Roth. Okay. And there's she's very the the crux I will say about the film, she's terrified of this man. And we don't know why. And thus resurrection. So I really, really liked the tense atmosphere of this film. It's extremely intense. It's very Intense is the best word I can think for it. It's it's kind of nail-biting, edge of your seat, waiting to find out what this mystery is. As it unveils itself, the mystery is is wild, but I will just I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, and I'd like people to see resurrection. So I would like to say that the the film, if it was just what it looks like in the trailer, which is like a tight thriller, if it was just that. Uh, it was really good, but it does have a crazy ass ending and you know, no monster comes out of the lake. So don't think that, mm. but it was ending and I was like, what the fuck, man? Like I had, this. I had no idea this film featured, um, a little bit more wild. I thought it was a thriller and it, it gets wild. 
uh, you know, small, small movie. But uh, I don't want to say, I can't say what it, because it has a ambiguous wild ending. Okay. And you know me? I love that. You love that shit. Love that. And what it is, is crazy. And it ended and I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like a week. Dang. Um, Resurrection, if you see it and you see the ending, you'll know it spoke to me just on like a crazy, um, like character, you know, human condition level. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll Sounds just leave like it at I that. need to watch Resurrection, dog. It's great, but again, don't think, you know, fucking Godzilla shows up. You know, it's nothing. Mm. It's a small movie. Wild ass ending. Great thriller, wild ending. Uh, another hard hitting Every- question for you. Okay. Nighthouse for Resurrection. Nighthouse. Okay. Yeah. Nighthouse is like top tier, one of my favorite films of all time. Okay. Uh, Resurrection is really fucking cool. And when it ended, I thought, yeah, this is going to be on my list because this is this speaks to me. This is shit that I like. Uh, great. And Rebecca Hall's fucking incredible. It's basically like a, it's sort of like Pearl. You know, it has this one person very focused and it's all about the performance. Mm. And uh, I love that. Love watching actors act. I love actors acting. Uh, Resurrection's fucking great. That's my number nine. So Eric, your number eight? My number eight is Joe Bigos's Christmas Bloody Christmas. Really? Okay. Yeah, fuck uh, yeah. Oh yeah, this is an honorable mention. Sorry, I, I didn't, yeah, I never put it on mine. Yeah, so so this is Joe Bigos's Silent Night, Deadly Night Terminator film. Uh, in the film, we learned that uh, the American government has developed robots to fight in foreign wars, and they've done so good that they're, they're bringing some back home and they're being repurposed to be uh, mall Santas, they're to be toy store uh, Santas. Uh, one goes haywire and stalks a woman. Um, our main character. Our main character, yeah, for, for the duration of the film. Uh, but this is a Joe Bigos movie, right? And so it's characters talking about uh, Motorhead. Yes. Uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous sex scenes dialogue uh, that's basically worthless that's kind of why i liked it though yeah, yeah i felt like for those first like 30 minutes i was hanging out with those characters for sure i felt like i want to hang with these uh these individuals you know me i always think a little bit further i i do wonder if it, if we weren't males would we have enjoyed that banter as much because mm. like as a male and I'm just being honest. I want the guy to get with the girl. True, hundred percent. But it's so, also so, fun how like they're like burning each other. Yeah. You know, there's like sexual jokes where they're making fun of each other. Like, totally. All of that is like uh, fun. And then you literally get a killer robot dressed as Santa Claus, uh, annihilating, stalk- stalking them. Yeah. There's a. I guess I'm going to give a, a spoiler just to set the tone for sure. this, for this film. Um. The the killer Santa robot attacks our main character's neighbor's house. And there's a little boy that the robot kills. And whenever the robot then goes to our main character's house, he throws the dead boy's body through the window. Through the window. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And I had to rewind it just to make sure that that's what I was seeing. And then, I reround that as well. Did you? I swear to God. Yeah. That's so funny. I literally, I was like, wait. And then a character picks up the dead boy's body. Sorry, I'm giving away too much. 
to block an axe swing yes. <laughs> from the killer robot. I'm like, fuck yeah, Joe Bigos the entire time I'm yeah. watching that scene. And then it's just a Christmas movie. So it's just the entire film is just bathed in red and green. And he used a lot of soft focus, just like Bob Clark. And it's very pretty. Very pretty. I actually was able to rent this in 4K, okay. uh, I think through Apple, and it, it looked awesome. Uh, it look, It's a really, really bright, almost neon movie with the Christmas lights. Mm. And then one thing that really blew me away was anytime they're outside, it's snowing. Yeah, and a lot of snow. Yeah. I don't know how they pulled that off. Uh, so it just looks good. Um, it goes on for a yeah. bit too long. So this is why it wouldn't be on my list because it eventually gets to a part where like she's doing like multiple things that every time you think like, oh, this is how she finally destroys it. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's um I don't I, know. Cameron it, somehow subverted it in Terminator One because it, it does not work here in Christmas Bloody Christmas. No, I feel like it to, for me, I love it was an honorable mention. I forgot to mention it because we were I was thought we were gonna talk about it at the beginning and whatever. Uh, I think it's great, but yeah, it, it definitely overstays its welcome. It does. Unfortunately. And that's sad to say, cause I think it's like 80 minutes or something. Right. And, and it overstays its welcome. That sucks. But, uh, yeah. And in a really charming, uh, performances from those two leads, I don't know their names, Me neither. but they're super charming. And I feel like if they weren't, um, fun to watch, to be honest, if they weren't fun to watch, this movie wouldn't work at all. But that whole opening, I totally agree. Again, I'm not sure it's because I wanted the guy to get the girl because, you know, the male gaze and all that. Uh, but if it was, I mean, that I thought, you know, I thought it, I loved that whole opening. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm super excited to own this film. Yes. Yes. There's actually a 4K overseas. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like as soon as I finished it, even though... I did 100% love it. I was like, damn, I can't wait to own this film. And I feel like that's a good indication of, yeah. did I and like this Christmas movie? horror, so we can yeah. watch it again. Right. Like in December. Seasonally. Right, yeah. So that was my number eight. Nah, what is your number eight? My number eight is a film that, you know, I had heard rumblings about, but the but I actually was uh, pushed to see this film uh, by Shane Saw. Okay. Shane Saw texts me directly. He's like, hey, uh, you need to watch Speak No Evil. Oh. Uh, and... Speak No Evil is, this is another one I haven't seen. Yeah, I think I was, I think I wrote notes for Speak No Evil. Yeah. Oh. Um. I thought I put. I think it's Belgium. I can't fucking remember the the location. Okay. Uh, it's a foreign film. And basically, Speak No Evil is. Uh, it was sold to me by Shane Saw that it was mean spirited and downtrodden, which is what I like. And uh, he was right. It de- did you fart now? I've been ripping them down. <laughs> you know uh, that. I've, <laughs> now I'm coughing just because of that. Uh, okay. Uh, so speak no evil is, um, so, okay. okay. I will try to talk. I will try to explain this plot. The plot is uh, to a couple and their child are vacationing uh, at like a, I'll just say it's like Italy or something. Okay. And they're vacationing. Uh, with their child and they're staying at like this big, like, like uh multi-person like vacation home or something like that. And they have this like dinner for their like vacation, kind of like a cruise. And it's with all the other people there. Well, they get, uh, they become friends with someone on the vacation. Uh, another couple with a child, they become friends and they leave the vacation. They go to their homes. And our main characters receive a 
card in the mail from those people on the vacation saying, Hey, I really enjoyed seeing, you know, you know, we should get together again. You know, we met on the vacation. Why can't, you know, we should, we should get together again. And, uh, they decide to, uh, go stay at their house. The main characters stay at the stranger's house that they met on a vacation. How much time has passed between the letter and the the vacation? Like six months, maybe. Okay. And so, you know, obviously our crux of this film is going to, uh, stay at the stranger's house. And obviously your brain can go on all the ways that you think could happen. But what, what really spoke to me about speak no evil was this element of like strangers and, and how you think, you know, somebody, you know, it sounds simple, but you think, you know, somebody cause they were nice and courteous on a vacation and you know, we should do more. We should get out more. We should go stay at their house. And they get there and it's not quite as, uh, they're not quite as polite as they, as they seemed. And sh- uh, slowly but surely as they're there, they start to feel like uncomfortable. And the film, and I won't say why, and the film is really about something that I of course think about is like the, the, the terrors of politeness. Mm. Uh, because when they're there, you know, they see things and I won't say what, but that they don't uh, like agree with or like, but they're too polite to like leave or, you know, they, they're afraid to upset anyone. So they're like, Oh, that, you know, like, like for instance, the character is very clear that she's uh, vegetarian and they prepare this whole meal of meat. Mm. And the wife is like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, but she can't, she, she's too afraid to tell them, well, I don't eat meat. You know, and, and he's like, oh, you know, the husband's like, you don't eat me. She's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. So it's like that, but then times like 200 over the course of the film. And then, of course, uh, I will end this here with the film has, yeah, it gets wild. I mean, I don't think it's like big surprise. The way you're describing it, does it descend into like torture porn? Um, I, I wouldn't call it torture porn, hmm. but the fact that I had to think about it, kind of. Okay. Uh, it gets wild. It's, it's foreign, it's mean-spirited, it pings that, you know, sort of almost French extremism um, part of my brain that I love, but I will say it's not like crazy violent. It's not that, hmm. but it's more mean-spirited and upsetting, but it's not like, you know, they sit them in a chair and cut their legs off. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not that, but it does get wild, and I, I won't say what, and it does pay off in my opinion but again, it's not like hostile or something like that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, speak no evil. This is just a really cool. And, and, and like you said, I love a good mystery. And this spoke to me on those levels about like, you know, it's like kind of people can do whatever they want to you almost if you're too afraid to like speak up. This this film kind of sounds like it's speaking right to me. Like I feel yeah. like I'm constantly in that position totally. where I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be. Rude. Yeah, or disruptive, or yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And, and if, if if people know me out there, uh, a couple of my friends, I'm sure, are listening. Uh, yes, this spoke to me too, Eric, because that is a huge, uh, I wouldn't say problem, but problem of mine that I'm like that. You right. know, I'm too amicable in in some ways. Um, and so this film is all about that. And so you'd really like it. And of course, it's a film; it can stress you out, and then you turn it off. Sure. Um, and yes, of Sounds course. Like another one I need to and in my, watch. And in my, my opinion, again, it does pay off in like a horror way. So it is a horror film, hmm. 
but uh, but I would say most of the film is that like uncomfortableness, and then it end. it has an ending uh, that's wild. So yeah, speak no evil. Uh, Shane, you were right. Speak no evil was awesome. It's a film that you know it's my number eight. Uh, I couldn't make it higher because I think everything else is like fucking incredible, but uh, uh, it definitely deserved to be on my list. I feel like this and Resurrection were like right neck and neck because they were just really cool speaking to me like horror films with great acting, but uh, they weren't like the high art high art that I feel like is further higher on my list. So anyways, Eric, your Uh, seven? My number seven is a film I enjoyed a whole lot. Um, I recently saw somebody on Twitter talking about how when something's bad, whether it's a film, an album, a comic, you shouldn't defend it if bad people are attacking it. Does that make any sense? I think I understand what you're saying. Give me an example. I'm afraid I don't have one. Okay, perfect. But what, but, but what the tweet was trying to get at was like, if something's bad... Something's bad. Yes. So I wanted to respond to this tweet, but I didn't because I'm too afraid of what other people will think of my opinion. Oh, I know. What if I genuinely like what everybody is bashing? What if I'm not, what if I'm defending the bad thing because I like it? And the film I'm of course wait, wait, talking before about. you get there. Well, how is that a bad thing? I'm, con- I'm confused. Here's Why what, would it be bad to defend something you like? Well, here's the thing, because the consensus is that it's bad. So? Isn't that, like, the whole point of what we're doing here? Like, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Like, okay, explain the tweet to me one more time. That when, when, when something is genuinely bad, you shouldn't defend it just because maybe shitty people are calling it bad. Oh, I see like the like social justice stuff or something. Sure. Like, like people didn't like uh the new Ghostbusters. Sure. So then you defend it just because it's like politically t- more towards you. Yes. Or whatever. Um so what I'm getting at But though, that's not but but what if you like the thing that people don't like? Exactly. Well then fuck it. I mean that's what I'm getting at. I'm not let me tell you this, Eric. I'm not very confident in anything in my life. I have confidence in uh, issues myself. But I am confident about one thing. Your film taste? How I feel about m- m- art and specifically movies. Uh, every- and it's not that I think I'm right. That's not what I'm saying. I am confident in how I felt about it. And I'm confident in wanting to hear other people. And and look, they can inform me and I could change my mind. I'm not saying it, it's not, to, but I'm confident in my, so like if you like something, be confident about it. Everybody just said that this film was so bad. I'm excited to hear about it. And so awful. And like everybody just shit on this film. I'm and, glad we hyped this up because now, now and, I want to know. And then I watched this film and I'm like, what's bad about it? Like what what's what's wrong in my head that says like, this is good. What What part in my brain puts me in this minority? Okay. And I'm of course talking about it. If you haven't guessed the film. I have not. I'm talking about Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I fucking loved this movie so much. Like the first time I saw it, you know, I did my best to stay away from, you know, online. I didn't get to it immediately. And I was like, that was great. And then I come online and then Twitter is just like, everyone's lighting a match to this film. And I'm like, what was bad about it? 
you know? Yeah, I mean, not j- just to help you out. Okay, I definitely and and for, again, forget like the the politics aspect. Like if that if that's not a if this isn't a a good horror film, what, what is? What is? I, yeah, um, for real. <laughs> like okay, this is how I felt when I left. Uh, this comes up a lot when I was walking out of the Last Jedi. You know, I was like, God. but that movie's like legit good. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I was literally like, this is this could be the best Star Wars movie ever made. Um, I obviously think the original trilogy is, but but this could be like the best movie film that's been made out of Star Wars. And it never crossed my mind. Because I, I saw it, of course, at on opening night. Mm-hmm. Never fucking crossed my mind. And then it was like a week, two weeks. Everybody it was people, just a shit show. People were literally saying it was like the worst movie ever made. And I was like, how is this possible? And of course, some of it was the political aspects, but then some of it was just like weird and mean. I didn't understand any of it. Um, so, anyways, I feel like I always think back to that. I, I feel like it's like a minority that has a negative like attitude, and then people run with yeah with that. Well, I feel like it's like a not to get too philosophical, but I feel like once the internet like decides a consensus, you like, can't change. It's it. dead. Yeah. Right. So, like, I have friends and shout out. I won't name names that don't like the last Jedi, for instance. And I ask why. And it's always like the reasons that the internet said, you know, like the casino stuff or whatever. And I'm like, that's like fucking 20 minutes of a two and a half hour movie. Like, what about this? What about this? Look at how gorgeous this is, you know? And they just, I don't know. It's like, we're on completely different wavelengths. I don't even understand it. Um, I wish I could think of another example of a film that I thought was, uh, but that, that's my major one. Gotcha. I'll die on that hill any day. Uh, so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, is a legacy sequel. Um, ignores all the other uh, TCM sequels, right? And uh, we meet a group of kids who are essentially buying real estate in a dying Texas town. And when they get there, uh, they run afoul of Leatherface, who is now an old man. Uh, a man who... Um, seemingly hasn't been up to his old ways since 1974, right? Um, what we're treated to, in my opinion, is like, uh, I almost feel like this is like, he just wrote it, but I feel like this is like Fetty Alvarez's version of horror. Yeah. Where it's like, on, on, um, it's provoking you the entire yeah. time. It's like it's like uh, it's like some asshole kid keeps pu- pushing, uh, uh, poking you in the arm, yeah, the entire time from the the social commentary that it doesn't care to commentate on, <laughs> but presents for almost no reason to to like how hard the violence and gore is, yeah. And I think it's a treat that you know we get another outing with one of the slasher greats. Obviously I'm talking about Leatherface. Yeah. This is possibly like a conversation for like a longer podcast, but I honestly, as, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about like, honestly, I wonder if it's simply like the choices that are made for character. Like if that's all people care about, because I care more about Leatherface I care more about the characters. I hate to say this for a film in, like in this. Sure. I'm not saying all slashers. I guess, man, I don't want to sound like I'm up my own ass. So I, I definitely am self-aware. Like I listen to myself, but like if you allow me to be like 
be unself-aware for a yeah, minute. Now. Yeah. I, I guess for me, like it's always about the art. And to me, just because like there's a decision late in this film that discards an important character. And I feel like people write things off as quick as they can. If a decision about a character is made that they don't believe in. And this happened with Luke Skywalker. This is my example of the last Jedi where people were like, Oh, he turned away from the force. Fuck that movie. It's like, well, there's a whole goddamn film. There's a whole film with a narrative that's well thought out that, that is presented, you know, that is maybe not a decision that, that you wanted, but that that's not the art. The art is still a sound piece of art, mm. but because th- there was a decision made that you disagree with. Now the whole movie fucking sucks. Now you're mad at it. Right. And, and I'm not saying that you, you don't have to love it, but the, to say it's awful or a piece of shit, that's mm. what I don't get. And that's what I mean by the art. Whereas it's like, and I know I'm talking about like a crazy, you know, gory slasher film. I understand that, but you know, okay. So they decided to do the social commentary aspect with the kids and you're canceled bro and all that shit. But that's not the whole film. Like to me, I didn't give a fuck about that. Like I, of course I was cringing just like everyone else. I was like, Oh really? Like they're buying it to make Airbnbs or whatever the fuck they were doing. I don't even care. Right. But then it was violent like as a restaurant or something, something think, like that. Yeah. But then it was violent as fuck. And so it had, I guess for me, one thing doesn't make a movie. Like there's so many aspects to a film that matter to me, not just, oh, they, they canceled Leatherface, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Okay. That maybe that was cringy. I was into that. Sure. Like, like when, like when the film started, I was like, okay, we're going with woke Leatherface. Like but, I'm, I'm okay with but, that. But then that's not even what it is. I guess, but I'm just speaking to those people that didn't like it. Uh, that's one aspect of the film. There's a right. whole movie around it that also is well-made and what we want. Right. And so, you know, okay, knock it down a star and a half. You know what I'm saying? That's how I like right. look at art and film in my, for my head. Whereas it's, it's like- It's not immediately a half star film just because you no. don't like character decisions. No, it's right. crazy to me that some, like people did that with like, don't worry, darling is a great example. Everyone wrote it off because I feel like, I know you haven't seen it and I won't spoil it, but I feel like people thought the ending was unsatisfactory. And I was like, okay, so the ending's not great, but the rest of the movie's fucking awesome. So it's, it's a three and a half, you know, not a four and a half, right? And I guess like, but people find one aspect and like, oh, fuck that movie. And I, I don't know. Really, I don't know. Again, to, I apologize if I'm up my own ass, but I don't understand that like thought process. And it, yeah. But yeah, anyways, TCM. Uh, I, I guess just for me is like, I don't see what was bad of this. You're, you're saying like for specifically for Don't Worry Darling, it's the ending. Uh, whereas for me, TCM landed where it should yeah. have. Um, and then... Uh, now, I thought it was bold to sorry to but I thought it was bold to integrate like the shoot the school shooting aspect. Like as a bold decision. <laughs> there was that, yes. Um but I was just gonna conclude with and now we have like this incredible uh like if we like if we're doing an episode of like best slasher kills, this fucking has one. Yeah. I'm of course talking about the the self-driving car kill. Like, that's just, yes. like, incredible. You're talking, like, the final. Yeah. So, like, that's the best thing in the whole fucking movie. It's awesome. That Yeah. It's it's so fucking good. Um, and I, I feel mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I don't I don't get it. Um, and then I feel like I'm real hard on the TCM sequels. And uh, this is, I guess, what I want. Yeah. So, please, keep 
giving me but Netflix we, TCMs. Oh, perfect example. The Bustio and Mori Leatherface. Mm. Everyone instantly wrote it off when, uh, slight spoiler for that film, uh, Leatherface wasn't like how they expected he would be. Right. And everyone was like, oh, fuck that movie. I was like, well, there's another, there's more to the film. I mean, there's a scene where they break into a diner and the guy puts a shotgun in the woman's face and blows her head off. And like, that wasn't cool. Right. Like, it's just that it's not who you expected. Like, I don't get that. Okay, take it down a half star. You know? Not one thing does make a movie, Eric. Right. Correct. And that was my number seven. Seven. So I guess we're on your seven. Okay, so we can do mine quickly. It's Barbarian. Okay. So my, Barbarian's my number seven. Spoken about it at length. Wish I gave it more. The more I look at my list, I don't feel like it could have got past these others. But uh, but it's fucking awesome. It, I mean, this is almost like the year of Barbarian in a way. Um, Barbarian and Smile, I feel like, hit. And, and well, no, Megan's this year. So, um, 2022 was kind of like the year of like the ones that sneak up on you smile and barbarian, like hitting in the mainstream. Uh, so good for them and barbarians fucking cool. I can't wait to see what he does next. Uh, we've talked it. So number seven barbarian, uh, my number six is smile. Oh, cool. Loved it. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's this high up on my goddamn, uh, uh list, right? I can help. Sure. Let's, uh, that performance. Uh, oh, Sazi yeah. Bacon, Susie Bacon. Yes. Uh, incredible lead performance. Uh, I feel like this is like a, I didn't know who she was. Uh, didn't care about it. Didn't know anything about her. And this film, like, I feel like she carried it. Right. I feel like I was on board with her. Like you said that you like that investigation. I didn't care about it, the, the lore, but I cared about like her figuring out her issue. Um, because she's such a great actress in the movie. Like, I feel like if it wasn't her, uh, it definitely would have not been as good. Mm. Uh, so I'm, so I'm all into, to the mystery aspect of the film. You know, this, this woman sees, uh, someone, she's a therapist and she sees someone kill themselves in front of her. And, and she learns that that person saw somebody kill themselves in front of her and so forth and so forth. And she soon learns that if she doesn't figure out, uh, why this is happening. She's destined to kill herself as well. The bye-bye man. Um, so I'm super into the investigation aspect. And then I thought it was just like really bold. Uh, some of the character choices, revelations uh, that we get. Like we yeah. learned that her character isn't who we initially believe. We learned that she has a past, uh, which I was really into. Uh, and then at the end, when we think we're concluded, it kind of gives us something else. And, I, and I'm obviously being ambiguous because I don't want to spoil anything, but I was just kind of like, wow, you're going to tell us one thing and then just end it like that. Yeah. Um, so I, Cra I like crazy I like, ass ending. Yeah. I, like crazy ass ending. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So yeah, I'm just the, the, the fucking the practical effects. Yeah. The mystery, the boldness of characters, the ending, uh, while watching it, I was just like, it, it just kept hitting marks for me. Yeah. I was just like this. And it kept going and going until it ended. And I was like, that, I, that landed for E-Doc. I, I definitely wish it hit more because I sat down. And like I said, I know this is weird. Like I don't want to, again, be like a, a film snob. But when it started, you know, the cinematography and the colors of like the set, there's like all these pinks and like almost like pastel colors in that office. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's a really, really cool. Like, I can't believe this was going to be a streaming film. Yeah, it's like it's that. Paramount. 
it's that well made. Yeah. Like, but I wish it hit better for me, but it is really good. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see it again. I really, I would like to see it again. Same here. I guess if I had a nitpick, like that idea of the smile is kind of dumb. I'm not really into it. I think me, that, that's, that's, that, that's a small turnoff for me. Whereas, point. whereas something like uh, it follows similar idea. Some scary ass old naked lady yes. chasing me. That's terrifying. Or tall guy. Some asshole just smiling at me. It's like, eh, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's so funny that you say that because I actually asked my brother's wife, Sabra, shout out. Uh, I asked his wife, I was like, um, cause I wanted, is that scary? Yes. I said, I it said, you know, we, we hadn't seen the film yet. And I said, I'd like to ask like a normal person, bless her heart. You know, she's like a normal person. I was like, is that scary? And she said quickly, yes. Really? And I was like, that's exactly what I said. Cause I was like, I do not find that scary. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, I thought that trailer was scary. Yeah. And I told that to Dana and he still makes fun of me for it. Whereas I, the smiling is stupid to me. I also thought it was scary. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, the opening is incredible, dude. It's so mean spirited. Obviously the, don't say it. I don't fucking remember it. It It's that <laughs> first girl and she, uh, I mean, don't say it. Okay. But it's so good. I, I, that, I've only got the end ingrained in my head. That girl in the beginning uh, that she gets the thing from, uh, oh. she's in the short that this is based, based around. On. And uh, I watched that short uh, and it's really good. Mm. And that, that actress is like incredible. Her, I mean, yes, the main character is great, but uh, just what a great performance to open the film. Uh, the way she's like so afraid of it and like her, her performance sells it. Um, I love watching actors act. I wish this, this, uh, hit better for me, but it's great. Smile's great. Yes. That was my number six. Kiki. Okay. My number six could be blasphemy. Let's hear it. I might get in trouble for this. Okay. I mean, I had TCM high. My number six is a film that everyone is going to say should be higher. So that's my issue. Um, it's great. I just like the other one better. It's X. Oh, that's low. I know. I'm going to get in trouble for it. My number six is is Ty West X. Uh, we could talk about it again. Um, we will. Because uh, it's great. I love it. It's fucking awesome. It's my number six. I hate that. I always hate that I have to feel bad. Like, it's my number six. You shouldn't. Uh. But I like the other films more. Um, the other films spoke to me more. I felt like had more uh, to say or, or, or spoke to me in a, or, or were like referencing something more like near and dear to me in a, in another way. Uh, but X was just great, great Texas chainsaw movie that I feel like was enhanced by the other film. Uh, I feel like X got way better to me after I saw Pearl, uh, which we'll address later. Um, so my number six, we'll talk it again is X. I, I think it's, it's awesome, but yeah, my number six is X. All right. Well, my number five is another film that everybody fucking hated, apparently, except for (laughs) me and you. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about David Gordon Green's Halloween. Yes. Yes. Higher higher for me. Holy shit. This movie was uh, great. And the reason I liked it so much is because... um, You told me it was your number one after it came out. (laughs) It was number one for a real minute because of how much uh, I liked it. I read the fucking movie novelization because I was like, I need... Did you finally read that ending? I did, and I didn't think it was that different from uh, the book. Uh, excuse me, from the film. Um, but yeah, I, I okay. enjoyed this film so much. I was like, damn, I need to read the book because I wanted more of this universe, of this world. And I think what I liked so much about it was like while watching it, 
I didn't know what was going on. Not so much that it's a mystery, but I was like, why did they make these choices? Yes. It was so refreshingly exciting. Yeah, like, uh, I, yeah. I, like I did understand why they introduced <coughs> a character brand new and they made him the star of the film. And I was like, what is going on? So it was like, uh, it was almost like the bold choices to me were like so. Yeah. It was it was like a shot of adrenaline to me. That's why I was so into it. Where yeah. I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like I needed to figure out what was going on. Not because it was a mystery. It's it's still Michael Myers killing people, right? Yeah. But why did the fucking filmmakers decide to do this with these characters? Well, I mean, I, I, that's why I liked it so much. I obviously have it higher, and we could talk it again, or maybe I just do it here. But I think for me, you know, I rewatched uh, eighteen and kills right before this. And, you know, I feel like, and look, if we had gotten another kills, I fucking love kills. I think Halloween kills incredible. Mm. Um, why? Because it's fucking unhinged violence from Michael Myers. So what I'm getting at here is I feel like I already got that. We mm. did a whole episode about this. We did. But I feel like I already got that in, in kills. And if, and, and I want to say if I, if they had made another kills, guess what? I would have liked that, but I came around the fact that they made ends and I already got kills. Like, here's the thing. If we had never gotten the ultra violent sequel. Yeah. I might've been like, fuck man. Like where's Michael killing people. Right. I already but got, we got that. It. I already fucking saw that. Um, so, uh, again, don't get me wrong. I would have liked another one, mm -hmm. but the fact that it's so bold and swung so hard in this insane opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, I just admired it. Uh, I love it. I love Halloween ends as well. I agree. And I know uh, people disagree. But you and me, duh. Two peas in a pod. We we see the uh, we see its value. Well, my number five. Let, lay it on us, duh. Oh, you ready? I'd love to hear it. My number five is a film that I'm probably going to be in trouble for because it's too low. Uh, we can just talk it again. Let's just save it. I know we're going to do this a lot. My number five is Scream. Oh, we will talk again. Yeah. You want to just wait on screen? Sure. Because that'd be fun. If it, We might as well just do it lower. Okay. You're number five. Uh, uh, we're actually on four. Oh. My four is Jordan Pills. Nope. Cool. Uh, Which we'll talk again. Okay. Uh, but go ahead. You're number four. Yes. Uh, so, uh, nope. Uh, we saw it together in IMAX. Um, I feel like 34-year-old E-Dog doesn't believe so much in paranormal things. Yes. Right. But let me tell you, child E-Dog did. And this is fucking six-year-old uh, E-Dog's favorite film. Yeah. Uh, I don't, how much can I say about Nope? I don't know. I honestly, it's a good question. I don't know how much I can say about Nope. It's, it's, uh, well, it, it looks like a UFO film, right? That's what it looks like. Okay. That's what it looks like. And I, I mean, that's what Nope looks like. I would go to the library and I would rent any books that I could find about UFOs, especially yeah. about the the Roswell crash landing. Not because I, I would read them, but I loved looking at when I all would, the pictures. And this is those old books I would rent from the library as, as a two-hour summer spectacle. Yes. Uh, when I was a kid, um, it was the late 90s. Uh, I was born in 91. And in the 90s, you know, Fox would always have these specials, UFO special. Where it was like this weird. I think it's because the X Files was popular at the time, so I I would watch these like UFO home videos mm -hmm. and shit on uh on TV, 
um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I love that it was, oh, I want to say something so bad. But... Eric is flailing his arms in the air. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Nope is, is, is a big adventure. How about that? Yeah. It's an adventure film. It's an adventure I agree. film. I have to talk it again, so I might as well wait. Uh, it's pretty high. So it's, I'll just it's, wait. It's individuals on horseback with the sun shining down on them with an upbeat score. I wanted to wait, but I might as well throw in here. Uh, I'll say it again in a minute. I have a tagline. Uh, nope is Jaws in the desert. Mm-hmm. And and my favorite film of all time is Jaws, so Nope is pretty high on my list. All righty. Well, let's hear your four. Okay, my number four is a film that was on your honorable mentions. And uh, it's a film that, that uh, it's just fucking, I love Alex Garland. I'm with okay. You. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I knew what men was about and it makes total sense to me. And Alex Garland is a genius. I just love, I am always, I've said this a lot. There's a couple feelings in cinema that I, I, I really uh, hold near and dear. And one of them is we'll just call it for, for, for shorthand, like the 2001, a space odyssey feeling. Um, and Alex Garland reaches that, uh, annihilation was my favorite movie of that year. And just that feeling of the unknown and these extended sequences of like, um, ambiguous bullshit. Uh, I, I, this stuff I eat up. I love this shit. And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the ending of men makes total sense to me, but I just love that feeling. I love watching a master that again, I'm not saying is doing things perfectly, but is taking you, I say this phrase a lot, taking you by the hand and letting like something that especially visceral in this film play out in an insane manner. And also it's just a really cool movie early as well. Like, and Jesse Buckley's incredible. Um, I had never, I, the only other film I've ever seen Jesse Buckley in was that movie. I think it was a Charlie Kaufman movie on Netflix. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Fuck. Damn it. I cannot remember that movie's name. There you go. Love Jesse Buckley. Loved her in that. I wish I could remember that fucking name. It's Charlie Kaufman and loved men. She's great in men. And of course it's a film about men accosting women. Uh, but it's also like about faith and religion. And then it's like also like folk horror for no reason. Mm-hmm. And, the green man. And and then that that feeling of of otherworldness, you know, the uncanny, you know. I wish I had better words for that feeling, but I'm always looking for it, you know. And and he did it in Annihilation and in Devs, the Hulu show. Yeah. I, I love men. Uh, one of my favorite parts is I think it's after she's accosted by the priest. Uh she goes into the bar and uh the man that she's renting the cottage from is working on a crossword puzzle. Yes. And he goes, Come on, Jeffrey, old boy. <laughs> Fire up the jets. <laughs> yeah, and they they you know, every I, I, I regularly tell that to myself when I'm out like on my route. Come on, old boy, fire <laughs> up the jets. The other actor in the film is Rory Rory Kinnear. Who needs to be commended for yeah. playing 42 roles in he the plays, film. He plays, let's just put it this way, he plays more than one character in Men. Yes. And it's brilliant. It's weird. You know, it, it, it's, it's. I also want to say here, because the last time we'll talk about Men this year, for, for the past year, I mean, 
I could watch Jesse Buckley walking around in that countryside with oh, the, it's so pretty with the but with that music like that haunting mm-hmm. you know oh 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 oh, 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 oh. Yeah. and it feels like spiritual for some reason mm-hmm. and you know again this is something that I have to address a lot which is I'm not religious at, at all but that that fe- I I love it in my storytelling I love like the the idea of like like a higher power I think because it sounds exciting, it sounds appealing. Um, I wish that was real. The case, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I wish that I felt that way. And I think that when I see cinema that addresses those things, and and you might think, well, how is met? It's not really about religion, but it feels spiritual. Like it feels otherworldly. I guess I'll leave it at that. I, I could watch, I could, I mean, literally, just just the countryside and the way he shoots it and how it feels like a. Are you ready? It feels like ephemeral, like the camera floats and, and you know, there's of course that shot of that tunnel with the water and the reflection. And it looks like a fucking, like almost like a, like a reptile, like with the fuck it's, it's really fucking cool. Um, again, does it totally make sense? And I know, but I love that. I I love it. I love, I love ambiguity. So men spoke to Kigi. So my number four was men. Alrighty, my number, Eric, my you, number three uh, is the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie of last year. I'm of course talking about Ty West Pearl. I'm a fucking idiot. Ty West is. X. I was gonna say Eric because it's a big decision. Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, Ty West is X. Let's, so your number three is X. X. Got yes. it. Uh, it's a, it's a big decision. It it is a big decision, <laughs> but ultimately I felt like this was the less of the two. Which I'm not saying is bad because I'm not because that's the third fucking film on my list. I know I feel like we're always like, like trying to defend where they're at. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, X is an incredible fucking slasher film. I feel like last year was the year of the slashers because there were so many goddamn good ones, and this happens to be one of the best. I totally agree. I mean, I think that you know this has Jenna Ortega in it and Mia Goth. This is like the year of uh, uh, Jenna Ortega and Mia Goth, and it has the kid from. Super Dark Times. He he's the guy who operates the camera. Oh yeah, Jenna Ortega's uh, boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, and you just get like it, it's such a bold, exciting thing that I guess we'll fuck. Here we go. I'll probably say this again in a minute, but uh, exciting thing from from Ty West to be so like confident in what he's doing. Like there's that scene that's. Uh, you know, there's blood on like a car uh, light and everything's red. Oh, yeah. Um, and and she's just dancing yeah. in the light. Yeah, we won't spoil, but yes, if you've seen X, you know what that is. It's such a bold, exciting thing to see on screen. Um, I, I feel like you're seeing like a, a true, you wouldn't see that in a studio film. You know what I mean? Um, well, you know, I love slasher films. I would say it's my second favorite subgenre. But what also really excites me is the idea of the pornography industry presented uh, in film. Uh, obviously, Boogie Nights is the go-to obvious answer. Kind um, of the historical like aspect to it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that just really gets me going, is the idea of how they're shooting pornography. Of course. And it just happens to be a slasher film as well. It's like Debbie Does Dallas, but it's The Farmer's Daughters. The Farmer's Daughters. I think that's what it's called. Yes. And uh, we can't forget... Uh, Kid Cuddy? I was trying to think of his real name, though. 
it's like Mescuddy, isn't it? His last name? I don't know. I'll leave this one up to you. Okay. So yeah, X is an excellent slasher film. Yeah. Loved it a lot, but it turns out that Ty West would make another film in the same universe that is even better. Yeah. And I think, uh, I feel like we're in the minority of thinking it's better, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. So that was my number three. Your three is? Well, my number three is David Gordon Green's- uh, Halloween Ends? Halloween Ends. The end of the tr- the Gordon, Gordon Green trilogy. trilogy. And you know, I think this is it was kind of crazy. I mean, we won't we won't do too long on this. We've we've talked a lot about the polarization stuff. It's a super polarizing film and super polarizing trilogy. And I kind of didn't connect to any of that. I don't really understand, like, you know, we've we've obviously talked it. I didn't I didn't really understand that. I mean, they're not perfect films. I don't think they're like I don't think they're perfect. Especially kills, you know, kills is is you know, it ha- you know, it has that one aspect, right? And I talked about this. Like, it has the uh, evil dies tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, remove evil dies tonight. It's still a fucking, you know, three and a half, four hour out of five slasher. You know, we we give so much, you know, room to the worst fucking slashers and piece of shit movies that we buy Blu-rays for for twenty dollars. I fucking bought Flesh Eater on four K. Yeah, for thirty dollars. So, you know. I think this is still really good. That may be like a top 10 regret in my life. Yeah, I would definitely regret that. You've, you've, you've made a couple of those. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Microwave Massacre? I've got from Arrow? Oh, I thought we were just talking about regrets in life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got yeah, a lot of those not, too. Not bad Blu-ray purchases. Um, so I'll talk just, you know, I think we've talked Halloween ends. But yeah, I, I, I love Laurie Strode as a character. I loved seeing her happy in this film. I feel like a lot of people didn't like the turn. I was, I was super into that. I was too. You know, all of a sudden she's not the, we have to have everything locked down, yeah, living and, in fear and, person. And people were saying like, you know, that it didn't seem like Laurie Strode. And I was like, well, she kind of seems like the Laurie Strode from the first film. Right. And I love Halloween, you know? So it was just, this was so exciting. I feel like we'll look back on these three, you know, I'm saying like five, six, eight years, 10 years from now. And people are going to look back and think these are way better. Mm. Like, you know how everybody thinks that like the Rob Zombie films are like high art now? Right. They're going to think that about these Halloween films. And you might as well just like them now. Right. Because uh, they're way better than like Halloween 5. They're way better than Halloween 6. They're way better than Resurrection. So, you know. Anything's better than Resurrection. Exactly. And I'm not trying to say lower your expectations. I'm not doing that. But, you know, these are horror films. They're not going to be perfect. And you don't have to love every fucking decision made. Um, but, hey, like we said, at least he took a fucking swing. Um, and uh, it still rings true. You know, you still get your battle. You know, you still get your final battle. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love these films. I also really like uh, Allison, uh, Andy Madchek. Uh I thought she was great in all three films. Um, so I just like these characters. I think that's what I'm getting at. I really like these characters and I liked seeing their end. Is it perfect? No. When, when we're done recording, remind me to spoil something in the book for you. Okay. That I, that I liked a lot. And on that note, <laughs> we, we are number two. Our number two is likely the same film, Eric. I don't think it is. Let's say it at the same time. You ready? Okay. I'm Our three. number two is one, one two, two pearl pearl. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we have our number one is the same too. It's not. It's not. It is not. Wait, I don't know if you've said this film yet. I did. I can suss out what your film is because I was listening to you, Eric. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So Pearl is Ty West's prequel to X. We see how uh, Pearl becomes Pearl. I just need to quickly say this became quickly, quickly like my favorite film of the year. 
Yeah. Now it's my number two. But holy fuck. I I thought, you know, of course, I love Ty West. I'm a Ty West stan from way back. I had no idea. I abs this is this is one of my favorite films of all time. I love Pearl Da. It's an incredible film. It's so good. I go ahead. Why don't you at least tell us a little bit? Okay, sure. It's this is 1918. Uh, Pearl is a Young woman, Mary, living at home with her parents, caring for her sick father. Yes. And we start to see... And her husband is off on, in World War One. Correct. And we start to see Pearl... By this point, she's already mad. <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes. Crazy. And we get to see it exacerbated. Au revoir, poor Johnny. Um, Yeah. yeah I mean... I why kinda, do we like it? Is it Mia Goth's acting? Yes. It, yes. It's Mia Goth's acting. Is and it, it's the gorgeous it, Technicolor direct, uh, like cinematography. Is it the lyrical musical, lyrical list musical numbers? Yes. Yes. Is it the mean spirited violence? Is it the violence and the kills in the film? Yes. Yes. No, really. I, you know, before even, so like, you know, a lot, everybody should have seen Pearl. I won't spoil it, but I think. Most of the violence is at the end of the film, the best violence. And before that even happens, it, it really is the character. It's such a character drama and it's so focused on Mia Goth's performance as Pearl. And again, as I always come to the look into like the human condition of, you know, her, her how she is. And, and you, you end up, having almost a reveal with the film, not telling you directly that Pearl might not be a good person. And I feel like it's it. I don't know. It, it, it's if it wasn't Mia goth in this fucking performance, this would probably be pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd be like, Oh, that was cool. You know, probably make our list, but man, she, she is absolutely fucking electric. Mm. And it all like, I kind of, the first time I saw the film, I was sitting in there and I'm like, okay, what is this? And not, not, not what is the plot, but like, what is this Ty West film? And then that monologue happens. When that monologue happened, I was like halfway through it. I'm like tearing up crying and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't even know what the rest of this movie. I know exactly what this is. It's a character drama about someone that is mentally ill and we root for that. You know, we root for, her, but it's because she's our main character. And it's like that, you know, elect, you know, that infectious idea of if you point the camera at someone, they'll you'll root for them, even if they're doing bad things. It, it, it you know, we th- you know, taxi driver, Joker, Psycho, I mean, Man bites dog, falling down. What spoke to you about Pearl? Just that character drama for me is just fucking. Once that that monologue happens, I was like. You know, I, w- I was like aghast. I was like flat flabbergasted by that performance. I'm a little conflicted <laughs> when when you say when that monologue happens. Because that's at the end of the fucking film. Yeah. So are you telling me you were you're unsure of the film until that moment? What I was trying to get at is, I, you know, I'm sitting in the theater thinking, okay, did he just make like a fun... I felt like it felt more serious and substantial. Because... Prior to that, it's very uh, madcap. You know, you have, you know, would you say I feel X like is inferior because it's a slasher film? Yeah. Oh, duh. 
I mean, if it had this beautiful character performance, maybe. I mean, it's not that it's a slasher. I think it's just less serious, more fun. And I think Pearl being... Would would you be more bummed out on X if it came second? Like, we saw X first is what I'm No, I would have liked X more if it came second. And I like X more. I actually, when we initially saw X, I thought, well, that was cool. Um, It took months of having seen it and then pearl when i saw pearl i was like fuck x is really good i think it enhanced x like for me it made it way better gotcha um but yeah what about you and you know what's exciting is we're gonna get a fucking another one yeah that's incredible au revoir poor johnny yeah okay we love pearl i wish i got a 4k disc i don't understand this bullshit where we're just getting blu-rays what's the point i guess it's is, is it just um, A24 or are there other companies just putting out Blu-rays? There's other companies. Universal is. Like Universal Dude, put mean, out Violent Night that's going to be on Blu-ray. We didn't even talk about that movie. Do you think it's because people still have DVDs? Do you think it's because some people still don't know the difference between full frame and widescreen? I think that it's likely just a cost thing because I think I think oh. the reality is people don't buy discs except us. And I think we're a small minority. And I think any way they can save money, people are going to probably buy the disc either way. Like if you want to buy Pearl, like I did, I bought it. But so it's like, hey, if we don't have to make a 4K of that, we're not going to. And they didn't. And I bought it. But how come they did a 4K of Bodies, 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 but not Pearl? So I don't know the full explanation, but it was distributed by Lionsgate. And Lionsgate put out a 4K. Gotcha. So how be, come only some A24 films are coming out from Lionsgate and others not? I thought Lionsgate was like exclusively releasing I, their shit. I don't have that answer. I don't know. Oh. Because uh, that also happened with uh, Men. And then Men, but Men got a 4K release in Germany, which I have. And Pearl has not released internationally. And when it does, there, there better be a fucking 4K because I'm going to order it. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. That got a 4K. Again, d- distributed by Lionsgate on home um, video. So I don't know. All right. Eric, it's finally time for our number ones. Guess I'll go first. You said scream? I did. When did you say scream? It was my number five. Damn. I must have did I I must have blacked out for a little bit now. But scream. I think I just said we'll talk it later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what I've decided, uh what's that now? Whenever I decided scream was my number one, I also decided in my head. I think Scream is my favorite horror movie franchise. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, why did I love Scream so much? Because uh, it's a continuation of the story. I love that it's part five. I love that it's a big love letter to Wes. Yes. I love that they included a bunch of people from previous films to work on this one. I love that it was a smart story. I love that it was an engaging way to introduce new characters. I love that we're already getting a new sequel. A year later. Scream was perfect for me. Yeah. And that is why it's my number one. I'm with you. Love Scream. It was my number five. Uh, I feel like it'll probably rise over the years. You know? I mean, it was funny because when I saw Scream, I thought, uh, I remember my critique was I didn't really like the older sister. Um, I thought she was not as good of acting as everyone else in the film, which I feel bad saying. Like, I felt like she wasn't as good. Didn't enjoy Sam, huh? And I said, but... This right. younger sister, I didn't even know who the fuck she was. I was like, she's incredible. 
turns out just like the biggest star on the fucking planet now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's great. Richie is great. I can't remember his name. He's from the boys. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Thank you. Um, great. And you know, you still get Sydney, you know, and I, I've said a lot about scream that scream to me is the journey of Sydney Prescott. And she is why I watch the films. And obviously we have a new film coming, Mm -hmm. which looks, looks like it won't have uh, Sydney in it. But I'm okay with that. You know, I, I am too because they introduced us to these new great kids. Yeah. And it's funny because like when I first saw Scream, the new one, I thought, well, I don't like these kids that much. But like in the year since we saw that movie, I'm like, oh no, yeah, I do. Like I'm, when I saw that, the teaser, I didn't watch the new trailer. Mm-hmm. Just that teaser of them on the subway and it showed all the kids. I was like, yep, let's they're fucking back. go. I love them yeah. and they're great in the fucking first movie. Fuck yeah. Um, I love the killers in the first movie. I, don't, I guess we probably shouldn't spoil it. Well, I already spoiled it whenever I was discussing do we think Billy got with Sydney specifically. Um, I, I love uh, the reveals in the movie. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I won't say anything because you, you didn't watch it, but that new trailer is exciting. Don't tell me about it. I won't. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it's it. Exciting. It's in two fucking months. I'll just wait. Ghost I will fist. just wait. <laughs> Ghost Fist does some exciting shit. Well, I've seen like that image. Okay. But I won't let, we don't have to talk about it. Okay. It's also just so exciting that like now I feel like I'm connected to these kids. And so now it's like, I really care where in the first film, I just met them, but now I feel like I'm on their journey. Yeah, exactly. Also, we have not mentioned, this is just our scream six excitement. Uh, hated Panatera's back. Oh, let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, I feel like that helped the no Sydney thing for me. I was like, all right, all right. We get Kirby. So anyway, Kirby back. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. I can't wait. Doc. That's like, well, what, I'm worried they only took a year, but it is radio silence. Uh, I plan to ask off. So it comes out the 10th. I plan to ask off the 9th and 10th off. I probably worked that weekend, but whatever. Yeah. Because I'm that hyped. Hyped. Yeah. So Eric's number one film of the year was Radio Silence's Scream. Great. Great, great, great. Keegan, love to hear your number one because I have no idea what it could be. My number one was my probably like my most anticipated film of the year. It was Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, You know, I called it, you know, earlier in this episode, uh, Jaws in the Desert. And, you know, this is the film where, where Jordan Peele's, you know, Steven Spielberg flag flies. And it's, it's all of that and like a Jordan Peele weird horror movie that is weird. You know, it's weirder than something Spielberg would do. But it has those giant like sweeping shots and, and gorgeous. Like you, you called it adventure. And I feel like to me, I almost didn't include this on a horror list because it's almost not horror. But we also get Gordy's Home, which is probably the best thing of the year. Um if it was just that, uh, it would be incredible. But as Eric stated, um, I definitely don't want to like spoil all of Nope. It, it was just, it was also like you, you talk about the mystery, um, of, of smile, smile, Halloween. the mystery of Nope. You know, this was like bad robot JJ Abrams level, like insanity for me. Mm. Like, uh, I get off on that shit. And this was just on like a wild level where it was like, what's that? What's this? Like, what did this mean? And of course, like the film's subtext of like the spectacle and, and looking away from the car crash and 
trying to contain nature, taming nature and, and those things. Like it was just such a fucking, like, this is like a master at work. I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying Nope is perfect. I don't think it is. It's definitely maybe a little too long. It's, it's not perfect, but it, this is what I want in my cinema. Like I love this. I fucking love Spielberg and I feel like he made his Spielberg even to the point where like, God, I just remember that scene with the, um, you know, slight spoiler, the, the, the blood on the house, you know, just that alone, just the imagery, you know, just the fucking items on top of the house after that. Like there was nothing this fucking cool all year, but Nope was the coolest fucking thing I've seen. Um, yeah. Did we fuck up including Nope? but not including Prey? Because they're both <coughs> aliens. I get it. And I do, I obviously just said that I feel like, you know, I thought about not including it. But I guess the fact that it's Jordan Peele, and then on second thought, you know, you have the Gordy's home aspect. You know, you have, I mean, I feel like that's probably the most horror in the film. And then you have that, I can't, I can't spoil it. That's why I keep pausing. Hmm. You know, that scene of the, is it the scene where they go, you're a strange animal, animal? I think it's, uh, that's what I know. Oh, yeah. That's what I, yep. I love the level of filmmaking that he did this. At. I think this is like an $80 million movie. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? You made this giant $80 million universal pictures, like love letter to Spielberg, but also like commentating on the Spielberg. Like, you know, the film subtext is like, you know, the, that, that we all just want to see spectacle and at, at like the expense of the spectacle. And it's funny cause it's like, he's using the Spielberg gaze, but almost commenting against it. Um, so it just, it just fires all my goddamn neurons. Like it's like, holy fuck again, not perfect, but totally speaking to me. Uh, I fucking love Nope. I will say Pearl. Pearl was almost my number one. I almost did it, but Nope was too big and cool. And seeing it in IMAX, I was like floating out of the goddamn theater, da. There was moments where I felt like I was being engulfed myself. Yeah. And the Gordy's home sequences are shot in full IMAX. And it's just preposterous to shoot that with this giant fucking aspect ratio. And all it is is that like movie set, the TV show set. Mm. Um, this is so fucking cool, dude. Goddamn Nope is so cool. Um, I got, I have the 4k steelbook. I'm not rewatching it a lot because like, I want to love that experience. Mm. So, um, I feel that way about, uh, music specifically. Oh yeah. Like if I listen, I think music, not specifically a score, but like there's, there's like a song. Yeah. That uh, like puts you somewhere in a film. I feel like if I listen to that song too much, it takes away from that moment in the film. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about, like, some films. I don't know how to explain it. Like, nope, I feel like that. Like, it's too special. Like, I want to I wanna take time to watch it. I, wanna, I don't want to rewatch it a bunch. I fucking love nope. So, wow, I agree. I'm surprised your number one was Scream. Yeah, me too. But Scream's great. Again, this list was compiled from memory and not from hard research. Which exposes us. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're at the end. We're at the end. Episode. We finally made it. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, hopefully, we get an episode out before this, but yeah, fucking Scream is in like two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Knock at the Cabin next week. 
March 10th. This week or next week? This week. This 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 Friday. The third. The third. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. So hopefully that's good. I'm sure people won't like it because everybody fucking hates M. Night for no reason. I thought you were just going to go to 80 for Brady this weekend. Uh, and are you, are you literally, are you going to genuinely watch that film? I'm going to try not to. Okay. Um, that part of my life is over. (laughs) Uh, I love Tom Brady, but, uh, I'll love him when he retires. Let's put it that way. Or if he comes back to the Patriots on that note. Uh, yeah, no, knock at the cabin. It's interesting. Uh, I feel like people either love or hate M night shit. And, uh, I'm currently watching the, the final season of servant on Apple TV and I wish you would watch it. It's so fucking sick. Uh, it's short. The episodes are like 20 to 30 minutes and it's so fucking crazy. Uh, and I feel like no one gives a fuck about it. And servant is really good. So, uh, if you get, if you take one thing out of this episode, watch servant, watch servant, but, uh, but before we say goodbyes, okay. I was hoping we could set up our next episode. Sure. And I had asked you already if we could do Silent Night, Deadly Night. In like March. So I could have the motivation to watch that new set. I watched all of them. Yeah. but I, So I haven't. But if okay. you say that's what our next episode sure. is going to be, then I'll finally watch them. So so we can do Silent Night, Deadly Night in March. That's correct. Okay. Maybe even sooner. Who knows? Maybe. I've already watched them. So yeah, I could rank I, them tomorrow. I just need to start myself. So our next episode should be Silent Night, Deadly our Night. ranking of the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. And it's only five films, so you and know. And they're fucking terrible, duh. You know what's funny is. They're fucking terrible, duh. You, you say that, but then I but then I also see on Twitter the opposite. So I don't, I don't know so, where people are getting that so I'm, shit. So I'm excited to see for myself. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, so I watched four, which is I think is the initiation. And it's, Brian Yuzna. It's fun. It's fun. Did Vestron just do all, everything Brian Yesna ever put out? Return of the Living Dead 3, The Dentist, The Initiation. That's all I got. <laughs> I was waiting to. Uh, didn't he do? I think he did The Dentist 2, Doc. Didn't he do Beyond Reanimator? He did, but Arrow put out Beyond and Society. Beyond was Beyond was Vestron. I, I think Bride he, is Arrow. You're right, but he did them both. Oh, okay. Brian uh, Yuzna's a good dude. His movie, I'll go to bat for Brian Yuzna. I'll be honest. His movies haven't been that good. Oh, fuck off. I mean, they're they're cool, but they're just sticky and slimy. You'll see. Watch Initiation. It has more of that, but... Uh, what are we talking about? Never mind. What? Nothing. What? You said sticky and slimy. Yes. That's Brian Yuzna. Yeah, that's why Brian Yuzna is fucking tight. I'm with you. Uh, but I feel like never mind. We'll we'll do it. We'll talk it on the it's, next episode. That's exciting that I could watch any of the sequels out of order. You told me I could watch five without yes. having seen three or four. So you can. Uh, I think there's like a reoccurring actor. They're not the same character. So just be oh. aware. But that doesn't fucking matter. If you see him in five and then you see him in four, it's the same thing. They're not the same characters. Okay. Um, they're fucking awful, duh. The first one's incredible. The you, second one's a novelty. You got me kind of upset right now. Bro. <laughs> well, have fun, Doc. Yeah. Have fun. I, I, I'm afraid to watch two because I watch one so much. Yeah. I hate that I have to see it. Rewatch. <laughs> yeah. In that cut form. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. We watch, we watch a lot of bad, like horror because it has like. There was a point in time where I like kind of swore horror off. Really? And you're yeah. going to talk about this at the end of this podcast. Yeah, this was probably last week. <laughs> uh, 
I would say late 20s, 2000s, like 2008, 2009, where I was like, I need to start watching good shit. Yeah. But you know what? I found my way back. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that. Remember I remember I watched, what set was that? I watched, uh, it wasn't the Leprechaun set, was it? I thought you were going to kill yourself after we did the, the the Leprechaun episode because you were like. It was the Leprechaun. Duh. It was. The I le- couldn't take Leprechaun in space. Yep. It was Leprechaun and it was Leprechaun in space. And I physically like had a adverse reaction to watching that. I was like, I don't know if like this is for me. Like I do. Why am I watching this? And obviously I love like bad horror movies too, but like, I just, I don't know. I don't have time for that shit anymore. Um, do you, I do. I mean, of course I do. Right. No, and, and the thing is, Eric, of course I love it. You got and, you got six days off. You I can know. watch some bullshit. And 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 of course, I love bullshit. I mean, I don't think I would have started a horror podcast if I didn't like bullshit. I feel like you're you, we should start calling you King Bullshit. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're more King Bullshit, huh? Am I? Yeah, because you you like the sleaze and the and the and the fucking And the Drees. And the fucking uh are you excited for dude? And the breeze. Speaking of sleaze. No, it's not sleaze. Uh that Martin 4K is like in March, I think. Yeah, but it's in the UK. So you can I'm you can order it from Grindhouse uh US. Grindhouse, not 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 the label. Right. What's that called? Grindhouse store? I can't remember. <laughs> the Grindhouse store? <laughs> <laughs> no, the you know what I'm talking about? talking about? Yeah. You can order it from Diabolic too. People that that was that guy who was real upset about Scream Factory raising their prices, and then he couldn't send the titles back for like yeah credit. yeah it was yeah. that guy yeah and I've ordered I ordered a Serbian film from him um, from the Grindhouse guy yeah and then he he all he let's do this real quick okay real quick this is total bullshit you can turn this off he has God what is that site called uh, I'll get it right here we'll we'll stay on pull it up keys Grindhouse video. Grindhouse video. Grindhousevideo.com. He has the uh, 88 films 4K of Cannibal Holocaust. And it's only $32.99, which I don't know if you, that, that's a good price. Um, but it has a cut scene uh, because it, it can, it's a UK release and the UK censored it. So I don't want to get it. I'm, Grindhouse releasing is doing a 4K in the US. I want to order it, but it's cut. Why would you order it? Cut. Well, it's very minor. It's a lemur scene. But uh but I will say cut this. Is cut. Can I say this though? Say it. So I did a uh I love video quality shit. And uh there's a website called capsaholic.com. It's uh screen caps of uh have I ever told you this? You haven't. Of four K and Blu-ray discs, and you could compare them. Da. Just wait for them to do that four K. It looks like a completely different movie. It's gorgeous. So uh, if you compare it to the Grindhouse Blu-ray, the Grindhouse Blu-ray is like overexposed and blown out and looks like shit. I thought that's what it looked like. That 88 Films 4K is gorgeous. Like it's a whole different movie. Like it doesn't even look like the same fucking thing. Um, So I'm excited for that. But also we're not supposed to like Cannibal Holocaust anymore. So I don't know. Says who? Well, that documentary and fucking uh, Cursed Films and... Says who? Peter. <laughs> you bring that person to me. And I'll tell them to their face. No, dog, I like it. 
I'm not gonna lie, Dai. You look unhinged with the uh, the yeah. hair. Well, you, with the hair slicked back. Is it coming undone? It, <laughs> it's 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 matching your psyche right Am now. Am I have I been shaking and jittery too much? And on that note, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. We will return sooner than this time. We promise. I actually do promise. We will return sooner. With Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, with the Silent Night, Deadly Night ranking. I've already seen all five. I hate three, four, and five. Um, well, I don't mean to be an asshole because it is weird because you're right. People like like them, and I don't really get it. Maybe I was in a bad mood. Maybe I'm just an asshole. Maybe. And on that, and on that note, you can find us at Goal Squad FM on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Bye, sir. Deep Public. Uh, we got uh, stickers. Uh, this is probably too much, but you know, DM me your address, and I'll put a I'll put a, a stamp on an envelope. It's Are you really going to do that? If for like to like the first two people, <laughs> say that again if you want to do it. But that you have to do it. And it's only good for the first two people. We'll say it again. Uh, DM me your address, and I'll put a stamp on an envelope, and I'll mail you a new metallic Ghoul Squad sticker. There you go. And that's a guarantee from Eric Hoff. I'm only doing it for the first two people. There you go. No, hey, that's fine. Two people will be very happy to hear that. Well, I mean, they could hit me up, and I'd be like, nah. (laughs) They could fucking hit me up, and I got (laughs) two people have already hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) You can just lie, you fucker. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And on that note, uh, (laughs) it's late. We both work today. We work tomorrow. Uh, It is late. I apologize for coughing on this episode. We love you. We will see you on the next episode of The Ghoul Squad. We'll be back soon. And uh, hug your loved ones tonight. Goodbye, everybody. Love you guys.